I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back with another great episode, and we have a new guest. It's always fun. We've had some returning guests lately, but we have a new guest joining us, and we're very excited to have her here. Yes, um, we were going to have uh, Chris come back and do the sequel to Fantasia. We're doing Fantasia 2000 today, but we have a different guest. A different guest. Some may say a better guest. I, I mean, just me throwing the gauntlet at Chris, uh, but also uh, say hello to our uh, our Facebook, our only Facebook moderator, although I feel like our Facebook page hasn't really needed a lot of moderation. But anyway, hello, Madeline. Hello. And sadly, the only reason I'm a Facebook moderator is I can't do the thing I wanted to do for you guys. So I've just I've failed. <laughs> I'm not better than Chris. I have failed. <laughs> I well, listen, I feel like th- I feel like the reason you were moderators because we wanted to like you said, I'll go back and organize all the posts and to like mm-hmm. and give them hashtags and stuff. And that just wasn't as easy to do as it's, I thought it was or I as also, you thought it was. it was like I did too much research into why it's not a doable thing. And it's just not a doable thing unless listeners, Facebook group people, you know how to do it. Help me. Yes. But Madeline, we, we've asked you to come on because... So we met through a mutual uh, couple friend, Phil and Sarah, um, who are... Phil was was a... So, so your husband was in the band, was in the Marine Band with Phil. Yeah, but I'm not going to call it the Marine Band because when people say the Marine, Marine band, band, yeah, they think the President's Own. And not that Phil and Chris's band weren't great. They were the Commandant's Own Marine Drum and yes. Bugle Corps. So it is a different Marine Band. I just don't want people to think, oh, the Marine Band. Ooh, how fancy. Um, Chris, my husband's not that fancy. <laughs> yes, they were the ones who did the show in the barracks. Am I getting this all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. They were the one who did the show in the barracks. And... We've met, we've met at least, I can remember very specifically us at a dinner together. It was was like a birthday for you or Tara, or it was your going away dinner. And I thought it was so odd that we were invited because I was like, I've met these people once at Sarah and Phil's Halloween party, like either that year or the year prior. And then Sarah and Phil just invited us to your dinner. So I was like, hey, goodbye or happy birthday. I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember. It couldn't have been was. birthday. It must the have Halloween been going away. I remember because that's when I dressed as like that. You were one of the Sanderson old... sisters. Yeah, I was one of. I was that witch. No, no, no. She was just a witch. Just a witch. It was my <laughs> that Renaissance was, fair. That was, we went to a Renaissance fair, oh. and as we've discussed, I believe many times on this podcast, Tara is only interested. She was like one day was like, I'm going to cosplay, and I'm like, Ooh, she's going to be these hot looking like characters no she's only interested in, in cosplaying as like ugly madam mim madam mim is the newest love, one. Oh, so funny well, well, every time we watch a show there's it's like the version of the of the character comes out in like the ugliest version possible that she's one like, was I'm based in. that one was based on latrine from robin hood men mm-hmm. and tights yes yeah, so i made, got my inspiration from yes <laughs> so every time i every time like when the character is as hideous as possible i'm like there's tara's version so we met through that <laughs> yeah. you yourself are a musician yes 
So let's 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 hear your bona fides. That well, sounds really like. Well, we also like... have a weird connection, even though I think I talked. About, I may. Have oh yeah, you guys are co- yeah. we're coworkers. We're technically but we, like, never coworkers, yeah. but we never met there because I was always, you know, providing services for older adults. So I was always going out to the community, whereas the community music school, most people were based at the school. Mm-hmm. So even though yeah. they had at the time three if not four campuses and we're currently in the works of building another so they had a lot of campuses and i was just at their main hub but yeah i had no idea i don't think i knew that you were a music therapist there which is really cool yeah i think we kind of found out about it after the fact yeah well i have to say tara like you know i feel like yes i am a musician and i'll get into that in a second but i think my calling should have been music therapy um because i just I love working with people, you know, older, younger, with disabilities, without, mm-hmm. and I love making a difference in people's lives, but music is a wonderful way that I like to do that. But I don't think when I was picking a career path, I knew that music therapy was an option. So I wish I had known about it. I wish that's what that would have been my path because, yes, I play the flute and I'm, you know, fine at it, but, and I play at church and I play for weddings, it's whatever, but I, I just wish I could do more with it for the community and for people and just making people better. So Tara, I appreciate you and your work. I think it's wonderful. I wish I could have been you. Well, Um, you, um, I mean, you know, not to like push you back into a degree, but there's still time. There's certificate programs. So if like (laughs) down the line in life, if you decide, you know, I know you're, I know you're a busy lady. (laughs) I Googled it from time to time and I, you know, I am now just throwing myself whole you know spirit into building my flute studio so i do oh time there to you Google go. yeah and take online classes first of all that, it should be called yeah. a flutio um my student <laughs> flute studio flutio i love it flute, so flutio sorry so <laughs> um no that's the tarzan episode um so uh we i i want to hear more about that because yeah. one of the things you were talking about and this is a good advertisement we'll probably put this out before then because i feel like by the time this comes out that that studio that that camp may be over it is already over but i oh, okay, just well. my disney my <laughs> disney fandom in me um yeah I, I created a summer camp this summer called the bear flute Cessities, and everything all my descriptions oh my were God, like so you know puns on Disney music and movies like um, Bibbidi Bobbidi Flute Droop. Flute Droop is when you know you're hold, supposed to hold the flute like this, but this is a flute droop. So it's just, mm. you know, let it blow instead of let it go. That's for breath support. So I got very into my, I really honed <laughs> so in on my, my Disney nerdiness, um, my Disney love and my music love and really made this. So next summer though, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm going to recycle my, it'll be the same um, summer camp for next year. I mean, why, why reinvent the wheel? Exactly. It's, it sounds like it works. It's so well. perfect already. So I just, going to redo it. But yes, um, I went to Central Michigan University. I'm from Michigan originally. So I went to Central Michigan University for Are you music. part of the hand? I am. But I, on the computer, I'm like, I don't know what's backwards. So I'm from down here-ish. Central a Michigan little, is literally like in yes. the center of the mitten. She's a little um, below the thumb, guys. I think Closest to Detroit. Where you're from. Like outside of Detroit-ish. Okay. Uh, more closer to Ann Arbor, really. So U of M. Could have gone to U of M. Didn't. Went to Central Michigan University. I was there for five years um, with getting a flute performance and business marketing degree because that makes sense. Well, I knew like as much as I love teaching one-on-one lessons or sectionals, um, I knew I didn't have the patience and the temperament to teach a band room full of snot-nosed little kids who are only doing music because their parents are making them. Love like band directors are a special like breed of people. Yes, they, they are, are. So strong. Yes. They're so like smart, and I just. I couldn't do it. I knew that. So I knew going in, I was like, flute performance, marketing. Sure, why not? Um, But then, yes, I went to the University of Iowa after that for my master's degree in flute performance. And now that's what I'm doing. I'm marketing myself and trying to 
to flute to perform. So, well, that's awesome because I think I've already mentioned this. We are doing Fantasia 2000 today. So let's go into like you, you said, you're a big um, Disney fan. Uh, what's like your favorite movie? What's who's your favorite villain? Like, what do you do? You have any early memories of Disney? Like, why is why why are you find yourself like drawn to, to Disney? I think it's drawn because, to Disney. Oh, why am I never? Oh, there you go. Good. Uh, I think it's because I was raised in a Disney family. Like my parents honeymooned. Oh at right, Disney. right, right. Um, Walt Disney World, and they were one of the, like the first year um, in at the Old Key West Resort, and so we've mm-hmm. had a Disney, not membership. We've been, I guess, members. We've Are been, you guys part of the vacation? Thank you, vacation club members. Yes, we have had a Disney vacation club member since I don't know if I was born in '87, so '85, six-ish. You know, whenever they bought that, so we've been at Disney. We've been with Disney for a very long time, and we used, that was our summer vacations once a year. Ever since I was like four or five, we'd go to Disney for the summer. So Walt Disney World. I've actually never been to Disneyland. And so, but we've always, we always went to Disney World every year. That's where I went for my senior spring break trip in high school. Like, you know, it's just Disney's, it's just kind of our, it's our life. Now, I wanted to do a quick shout out to your, to your mom, who she's the one who has the, uh, like, actual old cells. And she was mm-hmm. sharing that in the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the animation cells. Yeah, my parents yeah. collected those early on, and like Jiminy um, Cricket is one, right? Yeah, we have a Jim. We there are like too many to name. We have a Jiminy Cricket, and there and and a lot of them are signed by the artists. So we have That's Ward so Kimball, cool. and we have some Walt Disney signatures in there, and um, yeah, it's really cool the the artwork that they have in their house. And actually, my dad just gifted me some more animation cells for my girls' playroom because I, I think I posted on the Facebook page we had that Winnie the Pooh with poo stuck in the hole and everyone's like mm-hmm. trying to pull him out. They, he just gifted me like a Cinderella where she's standing in the fountain and, and admiring her dress. And then we have a Dumbo one. Um, so wow, that's really cool. Point. So it's just fun. So I was raised in a Uber Disney family and my husband, unfortunately, poor thing had to marry into the Uber Disney family. Now my <laughs> girls are going to be raised as Disney girls. And it's fun rewatching the movies with them too. And here, like watching them watch it and asking questions about them and just having conversations about the villains. And we were watching, sorry, Cruella the other day. And my, my mom, that's my mom's favorite villain. I don't think I have a favorite villain. I think they're all just, well, I don't really know. I'll give it more thought, but my mom mentioned that being her favorite villain. And then Mackenzie, my oldest was like, I like Horace and Jasper. They're my favorite. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, well, I, I, you, so she, the, the like the ones from the movie you you've heard that's Tara's cousin, right? One of uh, Jasper the Jasper. Yes, or I watched. Yes, I listened. I watched. I listened yes. to that episode. That's so cool. But yeah, they like the <laughs> no, they like the um, like the manhandling, like stuff the nanny in the closet animated. Oh, Horace and Jasper. So yeah, it's a little no, concerning. No. I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna have to watch out for these two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The last thing I want to bring up before we go to the movie is when you jumped on the call, I want to talk about this now. Obviously, our uh, listeners can't see this, but you have Fantasia 2000 memorabilia you were wearing. Well, this, I think, is just at the park, and if it's going to mess general, up my mic. Yeah, but I do. I um, It's the Sorcerer's Apprentice hat. My sorcerer, uh, my sorcerer's Apprentice hat with the girls. You look like you're ready for a... A uh, 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 circa two thousand and one rave. I'm just I'm ready for I'm ready for this man. Um, yeah. But yes, I have this little pink you know yo yo playing flamingo, which is from Fantasia two thousand because I did go and see it on um, at Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, they have an IMAX theater there, and actually when when I was doing a just a quick googling of Fantasia two thousand, I think it was the first full length 
a featured animation video to be on an IMAX screen. It was. Yes, you so I did get to see it on the IMAX, and I got this little, um, this little plush little, my little flamingo, but as my daughter calls it, flingos. So they're always going to be flingos <laughs> from from here on out. Well, do are we ready to start talking about this? Well, I'm this? curious. So she mentioned seeing it in IMAX. Do you have any memories? Have you seen this one, Ryan? Did I have not see seen it? this one. You've not seen this one. Okay. I also saw it in IMAX when it came out. So it originally came out in December of 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it was like a full release when it came out in IMAX. And I believe I we a bunch of friends of mine, I guess I was maybe, I was trying to do the math and I am never remember how old I am. I think I was a sophomore. When this came out, so a bunch of us went for my birthday. My birthday's in January. So we did the IMAX. Yeah, we did the IMAX theater in a mall Mm -hmm. north of us. So question mark on where that was, somewhere (laughs) in Jersey. Uh, But yeah, but we did the IMAX there and did it. And so I just remember loving it and uh, being like, we were all so pumped about it. Like it was like a real like highlight to go and see it and then also see it in IMAX because it was just so different. Well, I do, I will tell you guys now, looking at the the year and film, because obviously Fantasia 2000 came out in what year? 1999. Of course. Yes. But it was the end of 1999, <laughs> we, so I kind of get it. Do you guys remember Blues Brothers 2000? There yeah. There was like this weird... Oh. oh, it's terrible. Don't see it. Um, <laughs> but there was like this weird like... Uh, Having to use the year. Yeah, let's throw the year 2000. Like, who's the first one to do it? It's just annoying. Yeah. But while you guys were watching Fantasia 2000, I was probably watching... Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace for the like seventh time oh. because I was determined to watch it more than my Titanic loving friend watched Titanic, and that was a <laughs> and a, I will I that I, was an effort I both won and lost. Yes, because, because let's talk about <laughs> Star Wars Episode One. Yeah. Um. So just real quick, that year in the film, I think we've talked about it on the Tarzan episode. Star Wars Episode One was number one. Two was a sixth sense. Three was Toy Story. Three. And then I do want to point out real quick, number eight, the world is not oh. enough, which I there think you I did go. On that Bond movie. Yes. Uh also, this was the first time since 1977 that two uh Walt Disney animated features were released the same year. Mm. So Tarzan and then Fantasia yeah. 2000, because technically it was released in 99. Tarzan so. number five that year doesn't look like Fantasia 2000 broke the top ten. Uh I looked up two, it got an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, if I don't know that we've specifically mentioned it, but it is the sequel to Fantasia. I mean, it very much, that's kind of how they viewed it. Uh, Can I talk a little bit about like the intention of this? Sure, go because ahead. Because Fantasia, the original Fantasia was, as we talked about, released in 1940, meant to be a continually touring project where they would like cycle music in and out so build spe- special theaters for it get special audio for it like, yes a whole thing mm-hmm. and they 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 recut it and put things in and out um roy disney his original pitch for this was we're going to release fantasia be- and i'll go into why here so we're going to release fantasia and about half of it's going to be new stuff mm-hmm. and eventually they kept going back and forth at one point there were three original fantasia uh segments in here i think it was the the oh, nutcracker the i always forget what it's called because i am not a music person i'm going to show how dumb i am at i'm very bad with names of classical Don't tunes call yourself dumb I well mean, i'm not dumb not... Here, here's the thing i feel like I'm, I'm less qualified than maybe the two of you because to me you to you it probably has a beautiful original title but to me it's the hippo and crocodile song oh that's fine dance of the hours Ru- 
Dance of the Hours, yeah. right. Yeah. So Dance is going to be Dance of the Hours, The Nutcracker, and Sorcerer's Apprentice. And eventually they kept paring it down, paring it down until they only had The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Well, that's in, good in because one. I was, I was to be honest, a little disappointed. I guess we can, I don't know if we get this get into this now or later, but I thought it was kind of lazy on their part to recycle The Sorcerer's Apprentice and also use two, I guess three if you count Dukas, but use two of the same composers. Like there are so many other composers out there. There are so many other wonderful works of art. Like Here we go. Music, like, Hot take. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I love Fantasia and Fantasia 2000, but I'm like, you didn't have to do Beethoven again. You didn't have to do Stravinsky again. Like, there's there's other people out there. Yeah, I cannot tell you because I, I don't know why I'm here for the hot classical music takes and like that 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 <laughs> thrown down, of it. man. <laughs> uh, I have a note here somewhere, but I can't find it, so I'll cross it out when we get to it. But yes. uh, I have a note talking about Roy Disney. Mm-hmm. One of the pieces that he was adamant be used was Pines of Rome. He apparently mm-hmm. took a music appreci- appreciation yes. class, and that was a piece he was adamant about. And then the other piece mm-hmm. that's in there was Katzenberg. And I have some I have some facts on Katzenberg. I wanted oh not Katzenberg. I'm sorry. I'm switching them. Eisner. But I have some facts on Eisner and Katzenberg. But Eisner specifically wanted pomp. And circumstance because he had heard it at his son's graduation. Yes, as we all know, pomp and circumstance is very famous for being what a graduation. Randy Macho Man Savage's oh. entrance music. Okay, yes, there we go. We perfect, remember that. Perfect. We all remember that. So I have another thing with this. So Eisner, you know, he very much wanted this after his son's graduation. Listen to what he originally wanted as the animation. It's kind of bonkers, <laughs> I think. He originally wanted all the Disney princesses and princes in a wedding procession, and all the princesses would be pregnant. Okay, well, that's where it gets weird. That's where it gets weird, right? And so the animators refused to work on the idea. Thank you. So it did. Yeah, I'm so glad that they drew that line. I was like, that's so weird. Can Can I back up a little bit? To kind of the history of where how how we got to have this movie released. Sure. Because do you know why all this? Because Fantasia was not successful. It was it was it was historically yeah, not successful. Yeah, we talked yeah, and I believe we highlighted we that in the episode. But they re-released it on on, vi- yes, on video. Yes, in nineteen ninety one. It went to home release. Twenty plus million copies. Yeah. Sold like gangbusters. People had really kind of warm to it i think you know it was kind of it, 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 people referred to it as like in the documentary i watched about like walt it was the one thing that he was one of the few things he was kind of he always was moving forward but this is the one thing he mm-hmm. was like i wish this had worked better um so that's when roy went to eisner and said i want to redo this back in 1991 maybe a little bit well before. so eisner became chief executive officer in 84 and yes. so that's when the idea started being they kind of give eisner credit that like he course uh, yeah <laughs> but they but i i'm sure it was also roy i feel like roy was very passionate about the yes. original as well as this one but yeah they talk about in 84 when eisner becomes the chief executive officer kind of the the ball starts rolling with in it. the 80s they were working on a piece called music musicana yeah which was a world music version of Fantasia, because despite the fact that Fantasia was kind of a flop, like it really pushed Disney in this like, well, how do we fine tune music and animation? They did it in their Merry Melodies. Like they Mm -hmm, kept doing mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Like even classical music became a big thing. But like we look at like the next movie I think that came out was Make Mine Music, which was more popular and very different. Um, But they were working on that. It was a world music set to animation. Um, They were working on American jazz piece, an African piece. Uh, John Lasseter, who went on to uh, do Pixar, was was pitching a 
uh, Emperor's Night- Nightingale with Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And then, then, then I think after that is when Fantasia made a bunch of money. They said, well, let's try and do Fantasia again. It was something they were working on for, I think, 10 years in production. Yeah, I think I read something called, like nine. So, yes, yeah. so it was really called Fantasia Continued before, yes. again, we got close to the millennium and everything had to have 2,000 at the well, end Well, and also when Katzenberg was still a part of the company, he was so opposed to the film I read that development took place without his knowledge or involvement. That was the Katzenberg fact I had. I mean, yeah. I mean, which I found Katzenberg was kicked out of Disney for being more of a executive producer than Michael Eisner. Like, yeah, it it, it definitely tracks. He was like, I don't want a music. Kids hate music. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So to talk, to focus on kind of the debut, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to go into that a little bit, but it debuted on December 17th, 1999 at Carnegie Hall. Uh, the, yeah, the, um, orchestra at Carnegie Hall was the London Philharmonic that I read as part of the debut, but I believe it's the Chicago symphony on the, the album, like the recording and the actual film. And the reason why, um, we're going to talk about this guy very briefly because I have a question about him, but mostly he's, Turns out he's a terrible monster, so we'll kind of skip the that. Conductor the conductor of the symphony. Mm-hmm. James Levine. So do you know mm-hmm. who James Levine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he was the conductor. Um, they came to him basically because the first thing they did is they go, we want to, like I think Eisner said, we want to cut some of these down. You can't do the full things. Mm-hmm. So they had to find a uh, conductor who was interested in that, but also, who was interested in doing Fantasia, but also like okay with, hey, we're just going to do the first three minutes of... Uh, um, what is it called? Symphony Number no. Five. Yeah, and they, Beethoven's. So, and they said that. What yeah. would you think if we only did four? You know, three minutes of Symphony Number no. Five. And he apparently sat there for a while and he looked around. Like he said, he looked at Roy for a while and he looked at this and he goes, "If it's the right three minutes, I think that could be wonderful." Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was a good quote. Yeah, but it's also a good quote. Again, as I always say, monsters can make beautiful art. Uh, in 2017, it was. Uh, if you have, have kids listening to this, you might want to skip ahead a little bit. It's a little disturbing, but. In 2017, it was revealed in a police report that he had molested a male teenager from 1973 to 1993. More people came forward. He was uh, fired. You know, it was during his time as the music director for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra's summer residencies. Blah, blah, blah. There's a bunch of terrible stuff he did. And then this really ticked me off. So I'm going to say this here. He was forced to leave the Met. He was like the Met, worked at the Met at the time, Mm -hmm. but negotiated a $3.5 million settlement. Based on the la- on the fact on the lack of a morals clause in his contract. Oh, that's so aggravating. Um, he passed away this year. Uh, you know, thank you for the art you created, but also uh, good riddance to bad rubbish, um, <laughs> is what I say. Yeah. Um, but another thing I found really interesting about the recording this I want to throw in real quick. They recorded at the Medina Temple in Chicago. Oh, okay. Uh, which is which is a, shri- a Shriners Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, but he apparently pushed for that because he goes, "Oh, it's terrible for audiences, but the microphones love it." So oh, I love that he. Yeah. I do like that he was, you know, he very much thought about the medium that mm-hmm. what they were trying to yes. achieve. I don't want to say he was a good pick because again, yeah, but he was knowledgeable and seemed to be to, to be good for this. So yeah. so when premiere. when yeah so when it debuted, it then went on tour. It went to London, Paris, Tokyo, and then I believe Pasadena as well in California. Oh. And those, so I know four big cities. Yes, London, and then Pasadena. Paris. But I'm sure because it was Di- Walt yes, Disneyland, absolutely. right? I'm, I have a feeling, a little inkling. That's why Pasadena is <laughs> included. Uh, but then it was released in IMAX in January of 2000. So it kind of did this live tour, which I thought was really cool with um, 
orchestras. And then it was released in IMAX. It was budgeted, I read, for between 80 and 85 million, but it grossed 90.8 million worldwide, is okay. what I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I found interesting here is IMAX had to agree to Disney's terms. So it was the first, as um, we mentioned earlier, the first feature-length animated film to be in IMAX. And Disney had um, very specific terms and conditions. And we know this about Disney and the news currently, as well as throughout <laughs> their history. Uh, they Their terms, they it was... IMAX had to agree to gain exclusive first showings of the film. And so these were the two big things. A limited engagement of four months and 50% of the box office receipts would go back to Disney. So it's pretty huge. So that's why um, if listeners, you know, you might remember that maybe there was an IMAX theater by you that didn't have it. That's why not all IMAX cinemas, not all of them showed it. It wasn't a guarantee. One example of that was the California Science Center in L.A. I don't know why, but for some reason, my, you said California Science Center, and my brain heard California Raisin Center for just <laughs> a second. I don't know why. Maybe because we're talking about music and animation. Hey, I and love the California very, Raisins. Right. Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> so they refused to meet the terms, so Disney built a IMAX theater for a four-month run and then demolished it. It cost them $4 million <laughs> to just build it and then demolish it. And I'm like, why, why? would you have demolished yes. it? Like, you could have sold it off. I don't know. I because guess Because we're just... talking about the height of Disney yeah. opulence coming off of the Renaissance. That's true. And I'm sure they were just like, oh, you don't want to show it? Fine, we'll show you. We'll build this yeah. whole thing for it. But yeah, I just found that all Again, we're talking really about very petty people. Katzenberg goes off and makes an entire yeah. movie making fun of Eisner. True enough. Yeah. <laughs> So also with IMAX, uh, the original release film incorporated multi-channel and multi-layer stereo system for the soundtrack. So during uh, the intro of Pomp and Circumstance, Mickey searches for Donald and it gives the illusion he's running through the theater. And I feel like I remember that very vividly. Like feeling oh, like the he audio? was, yeah, mm-hmm. the way. So that was something That's that was cool. specifically done. The other thing I read as far as CGI, something I found interesting. The Broadway ending sequence, Rhapsody in Blue, it contained over 200 colors. And supposedly the cap system had trouble rendering it and it caused delays in the production of Tarzan. So it kind of affected Tarzan as well because they were, you know, using this system and working on both of them at the same time. So I found that pretty Mm -hmm. interesting. Tara, you mentioned that that there were over 200 colors in Rhapsody in Blue, but I distinctly remember thinking and thinking about that piece thinking it's very, not monotone or monocolor, but it, like there's not a lot of color in it. So yeah. I'm trying to think of where, because it's very blue and gray and like, it's just all very, I don't know. So I'm, I will be interested to rewatch it and then keep an eye out for those 200 colors, unless they mean 200 different shades of blue. But yeah, they didn't mention that, but yeah, potentially it could have been many different shades. Yeah. Um, the other thing I found interesting, did you come across Joe Grant's name? Yeah. So he was... Joe Grant from like the... From the original. Yeah. This is when he came back because we talked about he worked on Pocahontas and he worked on stuff like that. So he he was 91 years old and he was the head of story and he was one of the only crew members to have worked on the original Fantasia as well as this. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I wanted to give him a shout out. We've got a lot of specific sequence notes 
And we'll go into those when we come back from yeah, watching it, I Yeah, I did think. want to uh, mention the celebrities that introduced the pieces. Ah, the interstitials. Yes, I've got the list. It is... Roy Disney referred to these as sorbet in between courses. Oh my God, I love that. Uh, <laughs> Steve Martin, Itzhak Perlman, Quincy Jones, Bette Midler, James Earl Jones, Penn and & Teller, and Angela Lansbury. I feel like the one person who maybe... Uh, isn't so iconic in that anymore of the Penn and Teller. I, I mean, mean, they still have their magic show in Vegas, don't I they? I know, they but they're currently, their current show that was one of the things my husband likes to watch. It's called Fool Us. Yes, oh, I've seen yeah. that. Which is fun. And I, like I don't the, know the... if they have the same iconic standing that has stood the test Potentially, of time yeah. as Steve Martin and the Divine Miss M. Well, uh, yeah. And Maybe back in 2000 and 1999, they were still Yeah, they were game. still hot. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Quincy Jones apparently was chosen to do the intro for Rhapsody in Blue because he knew both George Gershwin and Hirschfield, which uh, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he was the animator that or he was the he was a cartoonist. Mm -hmm. And that style, the animator borrowed his style. I have a whole story about that. I don't know if you do. Uh, We'll go into that. That, Yeah, that one's probably so. But that's why. Quincy was chosen for that specific segment to intro it, which I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, do we got anything else we want to share? Um, no, uh... Oh, yes. <laughs> you know me. I've always got one more thing. Yes. Uh, each segment, I found this kind of fascinating. Each segment was produced individually instead of all of once, like mm-hmm. the original. So that was something else that I found interesting. Uh, a Hidden Mickey, apparently... After the rain stops and the animals step out, that's pomp and circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. With the animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they step out on the deck of the ark, supposedly you can see Mickey and Minnie on the roof. So we're oh, going to have funny. to look out for that. So I think we're just, we're going to go into the movie here in a sec, but you guys have seen this movie. Yes. yes. Do you have a specific segment that you really enjoy or remember or anything the flamingos. Yeah, the flamingos. <laughs> I remember really liking the flamingos. Uh, you know me with my memory. I'm actually really excited. I don't know that I've seen it since I saw it in IMAX. I think I saw it once. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I saw it multiple times. So I am really excited about that. I remember the flam- flamingos, which is um, Carnival of the Animals and um, Rhapsody in Blue. It was just so... Oh, awesome. Rhapsody in Blue. That's yeah. Rhapsody in Blue yeah, is the, the one I think so, I probably remember yeah. the, the most. Yeah. Those are both Eric Goldberg... Uh, directed ones which mm-hmm. he was the one who did the genie in aladdin mm-hmm. yeah well, genie also based on hirschfield's uh yes. drawings yeah we'll go so into it all that connects uh i just have two other things to look out for you <laughs> i know i'm not well, done i'm not done music thing. things too oh yes yes i'd like to hear those too uh i'll just say mine real quick frank the frilled lizard in rescuers down under and winifred the elephant from jungle book uh they make they're in pomp cameos. and circumstances yeah so Yes. Uh, so that's something to look out for. Yes. And then my last thing, apparently, if you have the DVD, I, I don't know if there's a Blu-ray version of this. I'm sure there is. Uh, but the commentary is Roy Disney and Mickey joins Roy. So <laughs> I just cute. thought that was real fun. So okay. I'm excited for this music trivia. Yeah. Or, or uh, well, it's just, I was, you know, I wanted to sound somewhat knowledgeable. So I did quick Googling's on why so-and-so composed such-and-such. So just, <laughs> You no, wanted I'm, to justify your master's A little degree. bit. Just a little bit. But I'm not going to go into, like, every piece. But, um, you know, the Beethoven's Fifth <clears throat> has the most, the, the iconic da 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 dum Yes, and the most iconic four notes. <laughs> of, of all music history, you know, which some people think, you know, have, have said 
and some people have said that Beethoven said this, which is, we can't really confirm that, of course, mm. that that's fate knocking at the door. It was in, you know, the midst of his lose, him losing his hearing. So a mm. lot of like emotional, internal and external turmoil. There was a revolution happening, like actually in Europe at the time. So that's just something to listen for, even though it's only going to be like four minutes long. Um, I found this interesting when researching Cezanne, um, the carnival of the animals. And I'm sure I'm not saying his name right, but that's okay. He actually is like, he hates that that's what he's known for. I mean, he, he'll never kind of know that's what he's known for. He wrote as a joke. Um, and I think the, the animation of it is very fun and very like jokey with the, the, um, the yo-yo playing flamingo, but he had banned it from being like, he did not allow it to be played during his lifetime, except for one movement of it, um, a, um, about a swan, the swan piece. So I think it, but it, and then was only re-released or released in full after his death. So poor guy did not want this to be what he's known for, but it's, the flamingo Basically one. what he's known for. Yeah, the flamingo one. Yeah. So, written I mean, as a joke, and it's a pretty funny um, segment sequence. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I'm kind of like, <laughs> get mean? over it. But it's, I don't know. I can also understand the frustration. Well, you he wants to be known for the so big many. pieces. Yeah, he's a very dramatic so composer. Yeah. And then this light, fun, fluffy thing. And I feel like yeah. I played some French horn stuff by him. I don't know. That's like a whole other. It's a whole other lifetime ago when I was. I was not. <laughs> was a that your main instrument, major. Tara? Was French it was horn? my main instrument, okay. and I was not great at it. I mean, I wasn't terrible at it. I played it, but How uh, often I do was you pull out your French horn for ooh, you know, never. therapy sessions. I never. I Zero. never pull it out. I mean, I just like. Do you still own it? Do we have it in the house somewhere? We don't. I think it's at my father, my okay. dad's house. I don't even think I have my trumpets it. Yeah, here somewhere. your trumpets here somewhere. But no, I just. Yeah, I it's I, it got me into college and you know all of those things but like I was never I knew I was never going to be a performer but I had like crippling anxiety so juries were like very hard for me. Oh, they're I, awful. Mhm. Yeah, I think I finally my last jury I think I finally felt like okay, I proved to people I can actually like somewhat play this mm-hmm. instrument and now I can be done with it. But yeah, I had crippling anxiety in ensembles mm. too even oh, though like no. I was in an ensemble. Yeah, so yes. it just... I wanted to be in an orchestra so I could play third trumpet and no one would bother me. <laughs> so do you guys still ever have dreams? Like, you know how you have dreams where it's like, I'm late for a test or like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I have ones that are like, oh no, I haven't practiced my solo for <laughs> solo and ensemble, which was something we did. I don't know if that was a... It was like a, a competition yeah. that they made me do because I was like on band council. This and is I, in high school? And I used, yes, I used to say, I'm like, what does this have? Like, I don't want to perform. And they're like, well, it's a good example. I'm like, oh. I think finally I talked him out of it my senior year. Um, but it was also a contributing factor to why our uh, our main director and band did not like me. Oh. <laughs> I, um, I still frequently, unfortunately, have regular dreams about missing a concert, being late for a concert, forgetting yeah, yeah, my yeah. music. Like, what? Why? Why? It's not fair. Yeah. It's just... But but you still perform or at least pick up your flute. Yeah. I have, like, there's probably That's rust true. on my trumpet by this point. Do you have, like, any dreams like that, having, having said you have I don't, that anxiety? No. Oh, you've purged it from your system? I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like I've... I've become very proficient and successful That's another thing, at other yeah. instruments. So mm-hmm. I feel like like the guitar is my main therapeutic instrument. It's the one I use the most, uh, along with my voice. And I feel like I, I put a post um, for people who are friends with me uh, on Facebook. I never saw myself as a vocalist because I saw myself as an instrumentalist. But mm-hmm. I, the 
I'm now comfortable with my voice, but like it took a long time for like people complimenting my voice and like me to find like, you know, I transpose things. The thing is, is uh, with therapy, like people go back and forth with transposing things, but uh, me working with older adults, our voices change as we get older. And so a lot of the keys that older adults can sing in are the keys that I shine in. So, yeah, nice. uh, so that's part of it too. Uh, you got so, that yeah. deep just, just voice. Um, and I don't transpose everything. I mean, my range has really expanded the, you know, the more you use your instrument, whether it's an actual instrument, your voice, whatever, uh, you know, you expand. So I feel like my range has very much expanded since college. But that was something that also I had. Cri- I had a lot of crippling anxiety. I'm actually talking about it now. Like I am a very I'm very successful at what I do, but uh, I'm kind of surprised I made it out. <laughs> Music yeah. school was yes. was very it hard. Can, it can for me. Yes. That is a common thread among, you know, just my friends my age, like our age, we're talking about it now. We're in Facebook, not support groups about it, but in Facebook groups, like, how do you deal with this? How do we try to teach our current yeah. students not to feel this way? Like, you're not going to die. Nothing. The world's not going to end if you mess up a note. So, like, try not to beat yourself up over it so much. Yeah. Like, Unless and you're I the think... angel Gabriel. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, and I think, too, you know, I we may have talked about this with Chris. I think we did talk about this in the Fantasia episode, but... I think for those of us who are musicians, we also had those music teachers that imprinted on us. Either they were very positive or very negative. I mean, going back to Ryan's hot take about his yeah. band director, he didn't care for For the record, but... that his name's probably going to be cut out. Yeah. But <laughs> but... I will say my assistant band director was one of like a person I will never forget. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, I yes. feel like, and I think that's probably true no matter whatever medium, and especially creative mediums. I will say he just retired and they named the band hall after him. So. Well. Who's the real winner here? I think we know who the more influential. Sorry, but no, but I, I, but you know, going back to your statement about like how do we not continue that cycle, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The other thing is, I've it's sight singing. I was always again because I didn't see myself as a vocalist, and those classes where you basically just had to sing Mm -hmm. with nothing in front of everyone, like crippling crippling so you're trying to have a soul and then you're trying to exactly pitch out of midair midair and then like oh yeah 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 crippling anxiety in those classes as well so like karaoke with no it's uh, yeah it's not you know and i'm not i'm not trying to say like "Mm, it was so hard to be it but like those were things that like for me Mm -hmm. those were huge barriers that i i will point out you you do this where you think like anytime you complain about something you go well someone's had it worse like this sounds awful like i want to yes yes as an outsider yeah this sounds terrible (laughs) yeah you know i and it's one of those things where it's like i think that also That's, I, you know, I knew I never was going to be a performance major because of the crippling anxiety I had, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I it's a lot of things that people don't think about just because you're not a performance major. You still have to like you're like you still have to take those classes. Like I still had to take class piano, which was another terrifying one where there's just a bunch of keyboards in a room and you all have headphones. But eventually you have to unplug your headphones and play for the group. And yep. like no. that's it's something else. Yeah, yeah, I did not take piano. I That's the one thing I wish I I wish I had taken piano as a child mm-hmm. because I was first exposed to piano in that in way college, in college. Yep. And mm-hmm. that was another. Yeah, lots of I'm actually surprised I'm I'm a fully functioning <laughs> adult yeah. talking about my crippling anxiety because like the anxiety was bad in all of those things. Um, I'm right there with you, Terry. It was it's w- hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, unless you guys have anything else, I think uh, it's time. I think it may be time. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR, guys. We'll see you on the other side, listeners. Well, listeners, we are back, and I am super curious what you guys thought. I kind of want to start with Ryan, because you've never seen it. I have very complicated feelings about Interesting. this. Interesting. Um, okay. I think it may be best... I think it may be best if, if we talk about it, for me, if we talk about it as we go along. So Yeah, I'm so more segment by hear, segment. Yeah, I hear you guys... And then I'll do a wrap up. I don't. I know I'm. I'm. I'm kind of building it up. It's. I just some things I really like. Some things I didn't. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts on its success as a piece of art versus the original. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of things. I a lot of thoughts I have here. Got it. I, there are parts that I very, very, very much enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I think it because it's segmented, it's easier for me to go along and and talk about each segment individually. Sure. What did you guys think overall? Um, I, I kind of alluded to this. I think at the top half that. Like, I love, I, I think it's wonderful. I love that it's, you know, bringing classical music to the masses in a way. And my kids love, like, watching it too. And it's fun to have them interact with it that way. But I just think, I think it was kind of lazy in a sense. Yeah. That, like, they duplicated composers. They put the same piece in there twice. Um, they shortened a lot of the pieces. I feel like they took design and artistic um, ideas from the first Fantasia, like, the opening Beethoven felt very similar to the Toccata yes. and Bach and mm-hmm. also a little bit of Rite of Spring and a little bit of Night on Bald Mountain all in one. So it's like, so that was a concerted effort. Yeah, Roy the first Disney one, said, it's we want mirrors. The, yeah, we want yeah. the first and the last one to mirror the first and the last yeah. one. And the you other very ones, much that. We wanted that. an abstract well, I one. That. I guess, yeah. which is, the, you know, I don't know, but it just felt, so that's cool, but also like lazy. Like you guys, come on, you can... You can think of different things, better things. I don't know. I liked it and I didn't like it. I wanted them That's to do more. interesting to me because I liked the the Firebird one, I think, was my favorite. Oh, I love mm. Firebird. Don't get me wrong. Love, yeah. love. I was like dancing and singing along almost all of it. I don't I don't just mean the music, though. I thought that one mm-hmm. was the most yes. successful. And we'll get into, I'll get into why later. But mm-hmm. but I, and, and Night on Bald Mountain, I think I said is my favorite. Yeah. You know, growing up and stuff them. like this. Mm-hmm. And so I think knowing that they were similar, I went, all right, Firebird, show me what you got. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. was like, all right, you, you showed me what you got. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I, you are correct. It was mm-hmm. good. I liked it. I have a confession. I'm like very tired. So at parts I was like my eyes were drooping. So I was like, I don't know if that's oh, no. for or against it. Uh, but I, it was fun to see the flamingos again. Like there was more nostalgia there for me because yeah. I hadn't seen it in so long. So mm-hmm. there were some parts that were fun. Um, I definitely, I agree with some of the points of both of you, you know, saying like things they could have done different. I kind of like that Mickey Sorcerer's in there. I mean, I understand like wanting to do new material, but I think they, from a marketing standpoint, that's the one everybody knows from the original. It's the one everyone remembers. So I do get why they included it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can also agree with, you know, it would have been fun to have like a new piece of music and new animation in there too versus that one. Or if if they had like just had Mickey maybe, because they animate him an updated version of him in the robe, right? Mm-hmm. So they could have just done that where like Mickey introduced stuff or he had the hat on and like, you know, they could have like or connected the nostalgia. Or like part two, you know, I'm sure they could Yeah, have yeah, they something. could have connected the nostalgia of Mickey as the sorcerer without like just 
beat for beat replaying well, the original. It's so interesting because it, they yeah. follow it up with pomp and circumstance and Donald in the arc, and like he's the star one. So in a way, it felt like they did. That was kind like of very those two too. felt yeah. very connected. Yes, I would they agree with that. They both have like. You know, they do it less in Donald's, but they both have, like, this old bearded mentor who's, like, harsh mm-hmm. to them. Like, Donald's is Noah. Yeah, Like, yeah. there's some stuff there I thought was, was interesting. Mm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Segment by segment. So, they sure. start off, and I want to talk real quick about the interstitial stuff. That was directed by, I believe it's, I believe it's Don Hahn, who is the uh, director of Lion King, mm. I think. Well, and it opens with the images and recordings from the original before we even oh, get right, into right, right. But even that, like... That was all like green screen, yeah. But they did a lot of thought into like, what is it going to look like? What is this orchestra, you know, and with those? And they did they the they showed and on the, the shadows, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought I honestly really liked that. Like, I like the original, very simple nineteen forties color and sound mm-hmm. one, yeah. But I thought they did a good job with this one. I think that mm-hmm. felt very. There's parts of this that feel very nineteen ninety nine Disney. There's parts of this that don't. Mm-hmm. I think the kind mm-hmm. of design of the stage felt a little, felt very, uh, I think you could do it in, in many different time periods and mm-hmm. it'd be okay. No, go. I think that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I didn't know if you wanted to talk more about like the animation of the first one at all. Oh, of, oh, um, of Beethoven's, Beethoven's Fifth. Symphony? Well, what, what, do, what do you guys think like going into that? I... I, I so they did a lot of it was you know again very abstract. So I thought this one was less abstract than the original, but maybe I'm wrong because I no, very I, much yeah. was like it was good and evil, you know, mm-hmm. like so butterflies, like and dark and light, and mm-hmm. that's interesting because I like you guys are. I, I think you're right. I think you're both right, and I just find it interesting. I think it, I think it's less abstract because it's like clearly shapes that turn into butterflies and do certain things. Yeah, well, and I saw like paper origami kind of like the brightness yeah. of that versus mm-hmm. like the dark like cranes is almost yeah, what they yeah, looked yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. But I also find it interesting that you found it as a good versus evil thing, which yeah. I guess was there, but I didn't really, like it didn't like. For me, yeah, for me, I guess it was the music. It went yeah. from being yep. very lighthearted. I mean, they very much like they capitalized on that. And yeah. To the light at the end. Don't go toward the light. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's also yeah, that's also interesting because it is more of an animator's or 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 this artist's intention as opposed to oh my god, it's Beethoven, isn't it? This is Beethoven. Yes, this is oh, Beethoven. Boy, I yeah, felt yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. like, oh no, I'm going to say something really <laughs> stupid. Um, it's less Beethoven's intention because it's an edited, shorted down version. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I didn't think of it that way. Um, this was a lot of CG and they did in a very interesting way of like recreating that butterfly into those big swarms and stuff. I did like um, that- it. I thought it was cool. If you got a little like strobe light issue though, maybe not watch this one. Cause there was that one like, da, 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 like, like the yeah. strobe light yeah. effect. I was even like kind of squinting my eyes at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, that's a little harsh. I wonder if there, there was a strobe, uh, warning. I don't know. Yeah. At the beginning. Um, this one, uh, I have some of the animators like uh, it, it, I got from this one. This one was Peashoot Hunt. Uh, this was made to look, it was a lot of uh, computer animation, but also made to look like, it was uh, like Roy said, I want this to look like brush strokes, like it mm. was lovingly made by hand. And I thought they accomplished that in a lot of places at the beginning, yeah. especially with the splashes and that sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's you're right. It, it I think quite the as very beginning as... is abstract with the splashes, but then I think it becomes very. I think you can assign like a narrative to it 
pretty clearly, but right? I, I think yeah. Fantasia was even more abstract because it was squiggles and lines. Yeah, and, well, and, and it's... Y- I'm confusing that one with the sound. The sound yeah. came later, right? The, 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 like the one the, that was just the... Just the, the waves. Yeah. I still think the one at the beginning was more abstract. Yes, agree. Yeah, I'm switching. I'm yeah. so glad when we have music uh, experts here because I'm always like, this one, the Dracula song. Uh, like, I have, like, the dumb things I say. <laughs> which we'll, I have a, I have a note on that a little bit later, but we'll get All that right, a second. All right, so um, are we, we doing thumbs up, thumbs absolutely. down? Absolutely. Okay. What do what, what, you guys think about this one? That's fine. Just it was a sweet, thumbs up for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Okay. The next one is Pines of Rome. And Who is this by? Respighi. Oh, oh, Torino Respighi. I don't know. <laughs> And uh, Steve Martin introduces this one, and I wrote, "Steve Martin's got jokes. He's got a lot, a lot of jokes in a short amount of time." I, I really like Steve Martin. Always cracks me up. Uh, me too. And I love his like. <laughs> he's got this like unearned uh, confidence. Like that's mm-hmm. his like like. I think Steve Martin, the actor, has earned this confidence, but his character of Steve Martin is just yes. like. These some of these people have only learned to play just two weeks ago, thanks to the Steve Martin School of of something like yeah, School of Music or whatever. He's, he's like, school I've heard. Wh- what is the name of the uh, violinist? Itzhak Perlman. Yeah, he, he it, it, say it again. I think I'm saying it right. No, you, you are. are. Itzhak Perlman. Itzhak. Like Itzhak, Itzhak. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. sure which way to no, say I'm it. Not, I'm not calling you out. I don't no. know. Oh, okay. Um, and I like how he goes. I've just learned they play violin. Well, so do I. Like he, I just <laughs> yeah. love it's. It's such a fun. And he thing. actually so is they, a very talented musician. Um, he has his own like little banjo. Banjo. Thank you. I was like bluegrass banjo. Yeah, band yeah, bluegrass. Thing. He yeah. has a band. Yeah, yeah. I remember when when we were back in D.C. That weren't they touring at one point? They were, and how he fun. did something with Martin Short for a while that we <laughs> wanted to see, and then I think pandemic and everything happened. Yes. but um, I, I think I, he played banjo in that too when he went around with Martin. I will tell you, Marty. Marty. Sure. Um, so I this is just kind of a personal story, but the this falls right under because I think it was right before we left. This falls under the um, so. This was a concert you wanted to go to. And I'm like, we don't really need to go to that. Let's save some money. And then another concert we moved to Austin was Tom Petty. This is, uh, falls under this because I think of these because they're so close together. That was a yes. concert I said, let's not go to. Uh, Tara wanted to see Tom Petty. I, yeah, I'd never seen him before. He's on my bucket list. I said, well, let's save some money. We don't need to go to every concert that comes. Tom Petty passed after this concert. And so now anytime Tara says, <laughs> anytime like, I, have someone I think on my I want to see him. I'm like, yep, okay, let's go see him. Like, I'm <laughs> so nervous like that I'm going... Because I feel it's not my responsibility, but I feel like I no, I wasn't. took Tom Petty away. From I you. I don't blame you for it all. It was a joint decision that we decided not to get tickets for it. But there yeah. are those artists that yes. moving forward, like Elton John. Yes, he has that. the longest goodbye tour ever. But we the first leg of that goodbye tour, we went and saw him. I you. think yeah. of this. I think of this Steve Martin concert as one yes. that I'm like, oh, oh god, we got to see. We got to see Steve Martin if he passes before Sarah's before before if he passes before Tara sees him. Yeah, I'm gonna be very upset. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that Ryan, you took that, you know, from it because something similar happened. A little tangent, you can cut out. Something similar happened with me and my husband. Um, we weren't married; we were in our undergrad. That's where we met at Central Michigan, oh, and cool. the local casino had, you know, concerts every now and then. And like Frank Sinatra Jr. was coming to perform. Oh. And while I shouldn't love Frank Sinatra for his womanizingness, but I just love the Rat Pack. I love the music. I just my, named my stinking cats after them for goodness sakes. But I begged. Chris to take me to that concert to go to that concert with me and he was just like nah 
And I was like, what? Like, you know how much I love Frank Sinatra. Take me to see his son. It's the closest I will ever get to this man. No, wouldn't do it. Rude. Um, I'm now going to tell the story about how I killed Frank Sinatra. Oh my God. So I when, almost feel like this needs to stay in. Yes. Even though so when I was in high school, we had a like, uh, humanities history class and we were doing trivia and we were having a big game and they, it was like the last question for our team. And they said, uh, the question was who is old blue eyes? And we went, Oh, and we're, I'm like, Bing Crosby, and I was wrong, obviously. But he did have blue eyes. Yes, so, you weren't so I was completely close. Wrong. Yeah, it was a good guess. And he goes, "No, Frank Sinatra." And I said these words: "Who cares about Frank Sinatra?" That night, I went home and on the news, Frank Sinatra dead today at whatever <laughs> age. And I was like, "Oh!" And like the next day, I came to work, and everyone went. I came to work. I came to school, and everyone went, "You killed Frank Sinatra." And I was like, "I didn't know." He's like, "Heard me." He just was like asleep in bed, and so he, I went, "Who cares about Frank Sinatra?" Tra, tra. And he's like, and like, he like yeah, who does woke up, care like, about me? Nobody. <laughs> like, I felt like I was awful. Thanks, um, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, sorry. Thanks for that. Um, so let's talk about uh, pines, pines of, of Rome. Pines yeah. of Rome. So, so this yes. is one uh, Roy Disney talked about, where it was like. This very interesting idea of like Pines of Rome has a very specific uh, vision that the 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 artist created to put in here, which was the Roman Legion, like that sort of thing, right? And the, mm. the trees and the fountains and the roads in Rome. Yes, yes, he was very struck and inspired by them. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they played this for the artists, and the artists were just like jotting down ideas and mm. drawing stuff. And one guy started drawing clouds, mm. and they went because apparently, a lot, Roy Disney made a comment. He's like, a lot of artists draw clouds when they're thinking of stuff. Like that's oh, kind of like yeah, a yeah, good yeah. starting point. Mm-hmm. And then one of them looked like a whale, and everyone went, "Huh?" And like started kind of going, mm-hmm. "Well, what if we did this?" I, what I like about it is I love the idea of thinking that whales fly. Mm-hmm. Like the, there's something like their movement in the water is very similar to how they have their movement in the air. Mm-hmm. Like when you compare them to birds. And I thought that was a really yeah. interesting idea. It was very original, right? This is, a, I think, a lot of creativity in yeah. this one. I remember seeing this in 2000 and thinking, what the heck am I watching? Like the, like the whales are cute. I love them. But I'm like, why? Why are they flying? I don't understand. And I wasn't a big like, it, you know, it was 2000. I do the math however it was, it was. So 1999 it wasn't like, well wow. but it didn't get like the big releases like the major releases yeah it was, was 2000, 2000. Oh, okay, okay. um so i remember seeing it in 2000 thanks ryan and um <laughs> um and i just remember thinking and i didn't have this big musical background like i played flute yes but i had probably never even heard pines of rome but i was like why why are they flying but watching it now i think it's very interesting and i think it's like as total opposite as they could go because if they had done anything on land anything with trees anything with you know fountains it would have just been too much like the tone poem it would have been too like spot, spot on, the nose, on, on yeah. the nose exactly with the with the the, the feel and the, the reason behind the music so i kind of love that they went almost as like opposite as i think you can get with it Flying so do you ways. think it worked i liked it this you know as an adult i kind of like it's different it's totally weird but it's fun yeah. it's great I, so- and i enjoyed the movement to it quite a mm-hmm. bit i yeah. really enjoyed that a lot the, and like the three layers of their swimming, sorry, Ryan, like the, the ocean and then the clouds and then the ocean yes. again yeah. into the, yeah, it was yeah, cool. Yeah, and that's kind of how I, they end. I liked this one a lot. I, I don't think I've ever heard this one, this song before. Mm-hmm. So like I'm kind of doing this weird thing in my head where I'm simultaneously trying to like go with their visuals and think about it, but also go, oh, this is the part where the Roman Legion would come in. This is mm-hmm. this, this is this. 
Um, I you pointed out something that the the uh, whales are all CG except for their eyes. That was cool. That's uh, what I had read. Yeah, I thought their eyes were very expressive. I thought that yeah, was yeah. They felt thing to they keep. felt that the software at that time wasn't advanced enough yes. to do the eyes in a way. The other thing I read is that they designed entirely new computer software had to be written to make the water effects in Pines of Rome. And oh, that's very cool. Ryan, ever since Ryan and I. When we started dating, Ryan works in video games. And mm-hmm. so I started playing games that he'd worked on. Mm-hmm. And I think I made a comment. Was it in Skyrim with swimming? I'm <laughs> You're like, terrible. the water looks bad. And I'm like, water's very hard. Yeah, and, then, like, and now, now ever every... since then, I pay very close <laughs> yes. attention to how water is designed and how water in works. In video games and, and stuff. really impressive. Yeah, yeah like, I thought it was really impressive in this. And yeah. it's just... It's interesting because I'm pretty sure that there was like the movement of the water may have been CG, but like the foam or anything around the whales felt very hand animated as well. The, like like some effects, of the bubbles and things some, like things that. like that. Yeah. I think so. I, I was shocked at how you know I can see the seams of CG and and in in multimedia, especially at this early time. But I thought this was pretty advanced. Like there was a lot of stuff yeah. that looked really good. There were some shots because I watched part of this in the making of, and I went, "This looks bad." Because you made a comment where you said that the. Uh, eyes the technology wasn't there and i think i said well the argument could be made that the technology for the whales wasn't there either like real snotty mm-hmm. remark and then i watched it, i'm like oh no this feels there's a couple mm-hmm. spots but i thought it yeah, felt very I thought good overall, I, I gotta stop i did the same thing with toy story where they're showing the clips from toy story on youtube and i'm like this movie looks terrible and i'm like you gotta stop basing <laughs> but i think once you're of, in like, the experience of it versus just yes. seeing a clip well, of it out of context it's also not different. a like reduced quality uh, rip off of a DVD oh, from whenever and then put on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that too, yeah. yeah. I wrote a couple notes while I was watching it to where I literally started really getting into the characters of this one. Um, I wrote, is he stuck in there? Oh no! Like when the, the little baby, the little, and I was like... Goes into the ice. Yeah, I, I want. I wanted more of this family. Like yeah. I found myself way more invested in this, this mm-hmm. little whale uh, than cute. I thought I would. So. Cute. What did, what do we think about this one? Thumbs up for me. Oh, totally thumbs up. But do we think up for me you know well. the the snarky comment? So I'm all about like connecting any kind of Disney movie and Pixar movie that I can. Do we think this baby or one of his parents is Monstro from Pinocchio? Ooh. The baby grows up to be no. Monstro. No, because those were I think these were humpbacks, and uh-huh. Monstro is a sperm whale, oh, okay. right? Well, then you're right. Oh. so not well, at there. All. You go. There That's go. what and what love... you have just said is prejudicial against all whales, and they, well, they all look the same to me. No, just kidding. Oh my um, oh, goodness. <laughs> cut that out. Um, and then I when he went into the iceberg or glacier, I don't know. I'm you know my girls love Frozen, so we watch Frozen one and two a lot. And you know one of the plot points of Frozen two is that Elsa's looking for Atta Holland. And so I was like, oh, it's Atta Holland and this iceberg. And that's really... Oh, and also, global warming's not real. It's just the whales are flying around the icebergs and glaciers and destroying them. So it's really the whales' fault, not the... (laughs) The heating (laughs) of the atmosphere and the decreasing of our ozone layer, the hole in the (laughs) ozone layer. It's just the whales' fault. Those are all of my thoughts about it. But other than that, thumbs up. Yep, super cute. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the next one is Rhapsody in Blue by... Yeah, so Quincy Jones introduced this one. And he the quote he says is... He uh he took jazz off of the streets and put it in the concert hall, and then that's a little said, appropriation. Yeah. Well, and then Madeline said he pretty woman jazz, which is <laughs> my favorite comment of the day. 
Because uh, I agree. I was like, why? Why would you say that? Yeah, like, why would you that, say what that? What does that even what mean? A weird, what a weird statement. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, um, I feel like 1999 has a lot of apologizing to do in general. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of facts about yes, this one. Because this one was done by Eric Goldberg, and this was apparently a 15-year dream for him at this point he always wanted to do this one. yeah and he also went to out Hirschfeld I think I was saying yes. field earlier um to adopt his visual style for this segment and Hirschfeld said if he was 50 years younger he would have been on the train the next day to work on the project so Aww. he was really excited that they were going to use his style and I think if he was younger he would have been pumped to like be yeah. a part of it. Oh, that's cool. And they showed Goldberg showed Rhapsody uh to Hirschfeld shortly before his 96th birthday mm-hmm. uh is when it finished and his wife said it was the best present he could have ever gotten. Aww. So I just thought that was a really sweet story. That's really sweet. He was in the the making of and he was very interesting to listen to mostly because mm-hmm. I just he has a very like, you know, late 80s early 90s way of putting things in that and you know just kind of this old way of thinking of things in a a good way just Mm -hmm. kind of not not like you know uh problematic but he said he said something because he was talking really interesting kind of anti-disney uh approach to drawing where he said he thought animators should stay away from taxidermy and trying to anatomically reproduce the human figure. Mm. The way li- that way lies madness. The whole idea of animated movement and, and line is to express the emotional intent of the artist. I'm paraphrasing. I wrote this up, but I thought that was a very interesting thing, especially mm-hmm. in this one, because it felt like every, this one felt the most cartoony and yeah. a little like, especially mm-hmm. when you see the ballerina doing it like that didn't, that felt, not anatomically correct. Yeah. yeah. Or that's yeah. sorry, that's I was singing Carnival of the Animals, but like yeah. <laughs> the ballerina's leg. Um, yes. Well, I feel like you would have said this already if this was the case, but the the artist that this isn't like the same artist or the inspiration for Genie, is it? Like with the, it is. The, it is okay. It's the it's he did a bunch of uh, cartoons. When they show at the beginning, they say Al Hirschfeld uh-huh. and. Not Charles Darwin. No, George Gershwin. I don't know why Charles Darwin was the name that flew into my head. Um, Those two pictures are Al Hirschfeld uh, caricatures of of both of those 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 guys. Um, And Gershwin, I would say, appears as the piano player. Yeah, in that, which is fun. Also also premiered. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, he was the pianist when it premiered, and he also wrote this in like less than a month. He he was asked to do it. He forgot he was asked to do it. He saw that he was writing this piece or a piece for this big concert and the newspaper and was like, oh, I forgot to do that. Let me do it real quick. And then like knocked it out in like a few weeks. That's always wild to me to hear stories about people coming up with like magnificent works and stuff. But it also makes me so mad. Like I work so hard to be semi decent at what I do, and he's just like, man, and just like not exactly not this bad boy out in a couple weeks while on a train. Like okay, I just want to say if you're like setting your bar at Gershwin, like let's try, (laughs) let's lower it a a bit. Uh, Also, I found this interesting. There are names for the main characters, even though they're never mentioned. Oh. So I took a screenshot so I could read it instead of like writing it all down in my notes. But the construction worker is Duke. Uh, the man who needs a job is appropriately named Jobless Joe. And he Wait, so is Duke like Duke Ellington, I you think, so, because of yeah. jazz? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jobless little, Joe is yeah. rough. <laughs> the little girl is named Rachel, named and modeled after Eric Goldberg and Susan Goldberg's youngest daughter. And if you notice, too, when I think it's a high rise, it's not a hotel, but it's like a the fancy apartment yeah, complex. It was, like, it was the, the Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Rachel's, so Rachel's real life sister, Jenny, was the model for the character in Rachel's scenes. The girl with the blue hair that can perform all the actions that Rachel cannot. So I mm. thought that was interesting. <laughs> At the time the segment was being produced, the real Jenny had blue hair. I wonder if they talk about that in therapy. I do. To this day, it's like, my parents think Jenny can do everything yeah. I can't do. Uh, the portly fellow is named John, sometimes referred to by the animators as Flying John, because he eventually, you know, is ice skating and oh, dancing right, right. and all of that. Yes. Um, and he was named after animation historian John Colhane. Colhane. I don't hmm. know how to say it. C-U-L-H-A-N-E. Hmm. And he was also the inspiration for the character Mr. Snoops in The Rescuers. Oh, there you so go. So that's that a connection. Like Mr. Yeah, they oh do God, look see that. Yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. And then Duke is Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. Jobless Joe is not named or inspired by any particular individual. Mm-hmm. Just, just a general schlub. I will say when he gets the yeah, so look. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole thing of this one is people kind of doing the day to day things but dreaming you know they all have these dreams and then their dreams kind of all become realized in different ways and they're all connected Uh, yeah and they're all connected but when jobless joe gets a job i like rejoiced for him i know because they really made you feel sad for Mm -hmm. him and so so sad in fact ryan thought he was gonna take his life at one yeah ryan when he was up at the top of the 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 thing and i knew this was supposed to be the 30s and i was like oh no yeah yeah and it didn't get that dark disney's Um, dark but not that dark yeah i uh I really like the pacing of this one. I love it's when they animate fun. all the people because it's very much how New York feels, especially yes. if you're somebody who's not from there. And like, yes. And they get off, but they're the still like holding they're their arms. They're arm, still there yeah. in the elevator yeah. when they're like rushing in and out mm-hmm. of the subway in the background. I think that's a jobless Joe. He's sitting there, you know, and they're yep. all going to and from work as mm-hmm. he's like at the bar or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I, there's a lot I really enjoyed about this one. Two random um, small things about the animation. I loved the waitress's eyelashes. Yes. I yeah. Just, I yeah. 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 They were so cool. I would love to have those like big fluttery eyelashes. And uh-huh. the construction worker, not Duke, but um, when, like right before he starts playing his drumsticks, the beard of the construction worker. I don't understand how they do that animation. Like the face, either like the what they used for his beard was like moving around. It was moving differently than his face. I don't know how the animation works, but it was just really cool. Um. So two very random I animation things. I have yeah. to look at that, that again. Oh. Yeah, I really I liked the design of this one a lot. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked the storyline. I remember really liking this one when I saw it. I also loved this piece of music. It's fun. Uh, so I feel like you know it's one I knew mm-hmm. you know in high school and probably when we played some version of at mm-hmm. some point. So it was one that I feel like I was more connected to. Yeah. Do you, Do you guys remember when this was like the Southwest Airlines? Oh theme. yes, it was their no. their yeah. It's funny when I heard it. The it's like fly anywhere or something like that. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was just I kept thinking that. I don't know why. So so uh, I I will say I thought this one was going to be my favorite, and it wasn't. And I think it, it disappointed Close me second. a little, but it was oh, still really? a thumbs up for me. Mm-hmm. Thumbs well, up for me. Disappointing, just the fact that it wasn't. I don't like you get you went in thinking too high, and then did it was you like, hype it up? A I little think bit? I did in my brain because yeah. I love mm-hmm. Eric Goldberg's work on the mm-hmm. genie. I gotta yeah, be honest, yeah. like I really expected to be a big Eric Goldberg fan, and I feel like. He has some of my favorite Disney stuff, but overall, mm-hmm. like his stuff isn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. He like directed Pocahontas, and we all know how I feel about Pocahontas. Yes, you can go listen while, to the episode. While beautiful, while while visually beautiful, you know, I it's, yeah. So, um, 
thumbs up from me. Mm-hmm. Still, and, even though it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. And for me too, but Same. I have one more thing. Because I did mention, I love that Gershwin does make an appearance. I think that's really cool. Because he did, you know, he wrote the piece and he was the pianist when it was, you know, premiered. And somewhere in my notes, you know, who knows if, again if this is true. But it is, it's been said that when he premiered the piece, um, supposedly before he could acknowledge the crowd at the end of the performance, he had to bandage his hands because he played the piano so hard there was blood on the keys. Yeah. Oh and that is quite... That's metal. Like, it is just a... Yeah. Oh, that piece. Yeah. It's just very like piano. Oh. So cool though. It's great. Um <laughs> I just thought of a really stupid music joke. I was like, ironically, he didn't play piano. He played it for t- um, anyway. oh, All God, right. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna cut there that we go, all there out. We go. All right. And on to the Divine Miss M introduces this next one. Uh, do we want to move on or do we have anything yeah, else no, to say? Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Uh Bette Midler introduces the next one. Bette Midler in like the most posy of pose is just like, yes. Hello. Like Steve Martin comes out and does stuff and Pin and Teller move around. She's just like, I'm here. Like, yes, <laughs> just yes. Like, She's like, hello. On hip, give him some yeah. sass. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I, I thought they were talking about ones they hadn't done originally. Because she starts talking about things that got cut out of the yeah, original Yeah, and you're like, Fantasia. I don't want to hear it. That's what I, I just had in my notes. I just squeaked really high. You didn't sound like that when no, you said it. I, I, uh, but I thought she was talking about ones that didn't make it into yeah. this Fantasia. And I was like, don't tell me what you didn't do. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, okay. Because that was a big part of the first one is all the stuff Walt wanted to eventually put in there. Yeah. Including this number, which I don't know that he wanted this for Fantasia this was originally this this the the steadfast tin soldier story was originally for a compil, compilation film of mm. Hans Christian Andersen mm, mm-hmm. stories. You know, kind of the first impetus of let's do the Little Mermaid back in the day. Yeah, well, you that never came about the Tin Soldier in your Toy Story episode very briefly, right? Like, didn't you say they? Well, no, tin... there's there's a different Tin Soldier Tin Soldier that Pixar story that Pixar does. Yeah, that's. Yeah has a horrifying baby in it. Well, (laughs) this, I don't know if any of you know the story of the Steadfast Tin Soldier. I'm sure there's nothing problematic about it. It's perfectly not. I I did not know it, but I did come across a fact. And so while we were watching it, I looked it up Mm because I didn't look it up earlier. Uh, This is a different ending. Yeah, yeah the original because it's ending. a Hans Christian Andersen story. Yes, so uh, so they said that the upbeat nature of the music kind of dictated how they ended this one, and they mm-hmm. end this one. Still, you were very surprised that the Jack in a Box, kind of the king, uh, gets tossed into the fire. Into the fire. So in the original, it's the Tin Soldier and the ballerina that get tossed oh, into cool. the fire, and when they look in the embers, they have like melted together and like made oh, a like heart Quasimodo so they'll always yeah like Quasimodo and Esmeralda oh they'll God. always be together Aww, so, so that's sad. yeah that's I mean that's like me glossing over it there's bummer, more details Tara. than that but essentially um that you know that's the difference in the ending so yeah. the song for this one is it's Shots Shots Shostakovich. I never Piano say Kinsh- I always get tongue tied on his Shostakovich. It's Shostakovich, but I remember it was like an undergrad. I you know Shostakovich. No, it's Shostakovich. Yeah. Um, Piano Concerto Number Two, which he wrote. Allegro, his- comma Opus One Hundred Two, and this yeah. is the bone I have to pick with classical music. This title sucks, and the biggest problem <laughs> with classical music is. Whoever decided to start giving music names, like the first guy was like, why don't we call it Firebird Suite or something else? Good for you. Because whenever I hear a, a song and it's like, oh, this is Toccata and F sharp. and Or Opus, uh, opus whatever. whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I'm never going to remember this one. I'm never going to remember the name <laughs> of this one. It's for the cataloging. I mean, the Allegro movement is, you know, for... 
It's because back then that was Allegro. That's the general feel. Oh, it's going to be about 120 as the tempo. And then. I understand that, but like it's called Game of Thrones, not fiction uh, 304 point. You know, we don't use the Dewey Decimal System to name the books. Like, I just, this has been my thing with with classical music for years. Never knew you had a bone to pick about that. Any song song that is just called like Andante. I'm like I'm out. I will never remember so this song. It'll it'll be the name of the song will be do 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 or whatever like the main yeah. theme from it is. Like well, I well, you don't care that you know like Symphony Number no. Five is Symphony Number no. Five, and yeah, like, Symphony Number no. Six is technically like, exactly. We, I think and he had Symphony Number no. Nine. We've given it the name of the pastoral or the pastoral symphony. I don't think Beethoven's like this is my pastoral symphony. It's Symphony Number no. Six. Like yeah. I, so all of it, you have a problem with all of it. I think Beethoven I think is a terrible it, though, marketing person. No, he's, I think numbering it is very impressive when you because you're like, oh wow, he's he's written this many. Mm-hmm. You no? think five is an impressive number of well, symphonies? He wrote nine. Well, he's written more. He wrote nine, so that's what I'm saying. Like and he also died in his 50s, so he probably could have written more. But still, it's. And I mean. Also- <laughs> The other side of that is all of Adele's albums are whatever age she was when she released yeah, it. So, so maybe there's something there. I'm just saying. Taylor yeah, Swift uh, did another one. Of the, yeah, so like. Oh, that's true. Yeah, for me, whenever she was born, you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, I always, as you could tell, when I was trying to say Shostakovich earlier, mm-hmm. I always, again, back to the crippling anxiety. If I mm-hmm. had a jury, and especially German, comp- oh, I was mm. terrible at pronouncing German names. But yeah, I would have to practice that as much as I'd have to practice mm-hmm. my piece to actually make sure I'd say the composer's name right. I'm Music sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> it brings you such joy in a very stressful I way. I know. For anyone out there who's thinking about going uh, to college for music, please still follow your dreams. <laughs> um, it all turned out okay for me, even though there were a lot of things that we're still were good. challenging. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this one... Mm. Uh, again, you don't like it's Allegro. Yes, I feel like this is like th- they talk a lot about this being like a short they wanted to do and a piece they wanted to do and it coming together mm-hmm. kind of uh, fortuitously. And in yeah. this, th- and in my opinion, it works pretty well. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I thought they also chose an interesting thing of doing. This is something that was kind of new at the time of doing CGI characters with a hand drawn background. I feel like a lot of times at this point in Disney, there was a lot of the opposite. Yeah. Um, I would also like to, we could talk more about this later, but I also like to say that the Jack in the Box is one villain of this movie. Yeah, I would say so. So we'll be ranking yeah, him at the end. For sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about this? We want to rank yeah, it? Yeah, like back to my, sorry, Tara. Um, back to my, like, this, me kind of viewing Fantasia 2000 as kind of lazy is, I actually thought this was, yeah, the, the, the piano concerto is great and the tin soldier story is great, but like for every other piece of, you know, in animation in this, they made up their own story to the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so while, so while all Disney movies or most of these movies, like you've got, they are already based on like Hans Christian, like Ariel, Little mm-hmm. Mermaid. They didn't have to reinvent the wheel with Ariel or Little Mermaid, but I just feel like it was kind of a cop out. They're like, oh, let's just put tin soldier to this and good. We're done. Like, yes, they had to draw it and it was a lot of work and it was beautiful. But again, like. They had flying whales, for goodness sakes, for Pines of Rome. And they're like, mm, well, just take the story that's already been written and here you go. Yeah. But they could have easily done that for Pines of Rome. They could have just done Roman architecture and Roman landscapes and Roman fountains and blah, 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 blah. But they're like, no, let's do something cooler that they've never thought of before. But they didn't for this. And I and I think that's why this one, in my opinion, is kind of like, oh, this works and this is good. But yeah. like, it's not a, like, Fantasia is a piece of art. Mm-hmm. 
And this is a movie. Yeah. And there are things that are good about it, and there's things that mm-hmm. I like, but mm-hmm. I, I would never... Like, there's a long list of movies that come between Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 yeah. in mm-hmm. terms I, of quality. What I did yeah. like with this one, and I don't know if this is in the original story or not, is I like that uh, the Tin Soldier has one leg, and when he first sees a ballerina and thinks... That she just has oh. one leg. As, he, as far I, as I'm aware, yeah. that is in the original story. That is story. in the original yeah, story, which is yeah. very sweet. And then even I, when yeah, she that's finds a sweet out moment. Was, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with that as well. I feel like they explored their creativity with some of these pieces way more than others. And not mm-hmm. to say that what they did wasn't creative. Like you said, they still had yeah. to create what it looked like and match it to the music. But yeah. Um, thumbs up. I, f- I feel like for me, a lot of these are thumbs sideways. This one is yeah. a thumb sideways a for me. Sideways. Yeah, it's Maybe not it's fine, completely but I can live down. without it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carnival of the Animals finale. So James Earl Jones introduces this one with his booming voice. And we have the Flingos or the Flamingos. Flingos. Yeah. Uh, and I love this one. I know <laughs> it's silly, but it's short, so it's sweet, and it's so cute and funny. And I just, the way that they animate like the flamingos like basically doing synchronized swimming Uh which i love and then the one who is a little not the same color as everyone else and has a different interest than everyone else yeah so well he's a little more magenta and the reason i specifically say magenta is because i'm very familiar with that color because it's like the color you put on anything that you drop into a video game you throw that color on it so everyone goes ah and they know like this art needs to be changed oh so, uh, interesting this is blah 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 like usually when you get like uh a, a, an art asset that doesn't have a a, a, a skin or or, or 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 anything on it that's the mm-hmm. color it is it's because it sticks to draw out your so, eye yeah, yeah so you go oh that's not supposed to be there um and i wonder if there's some thought to that because mm-hmm. he doesn't belong like the mm-hmm. whole story is all the other flamingos kind of want ugly him. duckling a yeah. little bit all yeah. the other flamingos want him to do everything they're doing but he wants to just yo-yo so i think that's an interesting choice um, i this love is an eric goldberg one as well yes it took him he wanted to do it completely on his own he's the only one who did this one it took him nine months oh really that's oh what i read gosh. he he did it on his own He's kind of wow. a nut. Yeah. I like this one a lot because it, it it's like you said, we have a piece of music and it like what's the inspiration it draws? And even though it's like a cartoony, like specific Mary Melodies one almost, mm-hmm. like it was like, well, this was the idea we had. And did you guys know it was originally supposed to be a direct a sequel to Dance of the Hours? No. Oh, no. Because it was spo- the original pitch was what if the ostriches got a hold of yo yo's? Oh, that's funny. And it was going to be the ostriches from Dance of the Hours. <laughs> yeah. And because Disney and the Renaissance apparently loves flamingos, as we've talked yes, about, yeah. they decided to change it to flamingos. I think flamingos were a good fit. And again, I, did too. I like because yeah. it was new, you know, yeah. versus like leaning on the old. But mm-hmm. I love when he's so frustrated at first. Like the way that they animate his Stuck face. Stuck in line, he's, and he's like yes. so annoyed. And then the that, joy. That sequence of them running on all he's like dun 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 yes. dun and he's like dun, dun, dun. going through all these emotions uh-huh. is just like so a good. master class in animating uh-huh. emotions yes. and and, the, and but it's also to the timing of the song mm-hmm. it's also like but he goes through like hey mm, this sucks oh i saw my yo-yo Ooh, that, like it's yeah it all so good in. yeah it's so yeah cute. I got serious like dodo bird vibes from alice in wonderland with this uh, mm, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Very, like 
goofy and doofy kind of just they were drawn very similarly i don't know if they're supposed to be i don't think they're flamingos alice in wonderland but um, no they've got flamingos are the uh flamingos are the um i'm sorry i said the dodo but yes i'm thinking the king of hearts like her her, yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah the the golf okay the croquet mouth yeah Yeah, those those vibes whatever birds those are in alice in wonderland that's what i get from the flingos and at least him the the yo-yo bird the yo-yo yeah, Play. the kind of dopey Play. one. Yeah, yes. yeah. He's great. but he's also still the hero of the piece, which is fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just told him um, that that's why I have the plush. I was related to him. I was like, I love it. I'm different, and I think he's so cute. I tend where'd to you like, get that plush? At the when at the movie. Like, oh, at you know, the premiere had, is that what you said? I think I got it from. Yeah, um, I gotta say before. that doesn't look like a 21 year old plush. It's very bright and like if you told well, me you I got had, that yesterday yeah. the other day. No, I've had um. I've had too many stuffed animals in my lifetime that not they all just didn't get played with to be you know so torn up. But yeah, this um, my girls play with it now. Yeah, it's, I got it back at at the premiere of it, or at wow. least sometime in two thousand. Great. Um, but yeah, I just he was cute. I loved him. What do we think about this one? Thumbs this up is all a around. Thumbs up for me. I love this one. Mm-hmm. So the next one, once again, the uh, Randy Macho Man Savage uh, entrance music. No, it's Penn and Teller. Oh, nope. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. we have uh, the Sorcerer's We have Sorcerer's Apprentice, which we uh, skipped. <laughs> I will say we went it. ahead and skipped because we've seen it, uh, you know, a few, I will say a few that animation out. versus like seeing the newer animation, I think it holds its own. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the part we did watch, like it fits with mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. And mm-hmm. I think we've kind of addressed, you know, wishing they had done something different or maybe mm-hmm, incorporated mm-hmm. mickey as a sorcerer mm-hmm. a little bit different yeah. i uh pin and teller go through a whole routine i gotta say uh pin gillette's like kind of screaming at you voice was a little grating yeah mm-hmm. yeah like they're like let's tell you like i love that stuff but his like this is what magic is i'm like yeah. all right sh- 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 we're enjoying the orca like it felt like a guy you would kick out of the the symphony yes but like, i did all right, like sh- sir you I need mean, to leave their whole bit but teller's the quiet one right yes I just love that Teller's like doing all these magic things like mm-hmm. as a sideline mm-hmm, mm-hmm. too. Like he has a rabbit later on, not only the one he pulls out of the hat, but then he's like petting one later that just like yes. appears. I will say this felt like the most dated. Mm-hmm. Yes, piece intro. In the whole thing. Well, dated yeah. piece and dated intro too. I think. Oh yeah, I meant no, no. I meant Penn and Teller. Like, yeah, oh, like, yes, I yes, think yes. you're right. I think this this one still holds up it was just we, yeah we have a you know trying a little economy of time trying to get through this i so. did like at the end that they kept mickey talking to the original conductor mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then that's where they animate they update him as yes. how he would be animated in 2000 mm-hmm. and 1999 and then he talks to the Accused, current conductor. Uh, child molester yes. uh <laughs> james levine uh, um, but and then they do the bit where he's running around looking, looking for, Donald, for Donald, and it felt like that, like you said, like that would feel really good in the theater, like mm-hmm. hearing it. And then Donald's taking a shower. I don't know why. I love the Disney shower bit, like because they did it a lot. I think with like Clarabelle the cow, yeah, and stuff she like that. was. I feel like always in. The it's shower always end. a a claw bathtub with like a suspended shower curtain around it, kind uh-huh, of like, like what Ralph Macchio curtain. dresses up as in Karate Kid. Yeah. And then like they always have a shower cap and they have a big loofah brush. Uh-huh. And they're always doing their back. Like, who it's showers just... like that anymore? And who used to shower like that? Like, come on. Listen, I, I listen, I I love a good loofah brush. I love a good back scratch as part of it, so that's probably <laughs> part of it, but I really enjoy Donald in Pomp mm-hmm. and Circumstance. I, I always like I've come to realize I love his temper. I love his frantic energy. Mm-hmm. But I I enjoy Donald for the most part, mm-hmm. minus the 
This was my least favorite one. Really? I think the music and the and the animation matched up, married the the worst. Mm. And I think having that come off of, especially one that is so classic. Do you think so it's because it's a song that you know? So, well, that's the thing. So I you mean, associate. There's so many parts of yeah. it I didn't know. Yeah. All I know is a dun, 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 dun. I, We can't be sued for that. We can't be copyright. I don't think so. I, don't th- I mean, I don't think it's... Anyway. Um... <laughs> Uh, so I, that I, I remembered, but all the other stuff I didn't, I just felt like this, this, this felt like a studio requirement. This felt like Michael Eisner mm. goes, Hey, we got to get Don. I don't, I don't know why hey. Michael, Michael Eisner does not talk about hello. <laughs> no, yeah. Hello. I need you to get Donald in this. And I, uh, my son Breck likes, uh, pomp and circumstance. And if so we can't we're do gonna, pregnant princesses, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do Donald. Yeah. We need to get Donald in there somehow. Like I was really expecting. And I, I feel like I like the song and I like the, the, the I, if they redid this with new music, you think you'd I like think it I'd better. like it a lot more. I also think you were talking about how well, uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice still look to this day. Yeah. Probably, you know, like it's not digital. It's done on print. Probably blown up on IMAX. It still looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, like, there's a reason you like. They still people know the the Mickey as a sorcerer, and people don't really like think about this one. Like yeah. this one looks not as good. Like the lighting at the end feels really blown out. Mm-hmm. Like everything seems really bright on them and like a not and an, a way that's not pleasing to my eye. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to speak for anyone else. I feel like Daisy was such a non character. Like there's a lot of scenes where like Donald was getting hurt. And she goes, Oh no. Or she just kind of, she kind of just did this. She just walked around and went, Oh no. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I also like, yeah, we I always talk about the new DuckTales. Like yeah. the Daisy character in the new DuckTales is so good because mm. her whole thing is her and Donald meet. They're stuck on an elevator and Donald goes like bah, 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 and says something. And the whole thing in the, the new DuckTales is no one can understand Donald. Yeah. Except when he takes this pill, which makes him sound exactly like Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he's in the he's in the elevator and he's talking. He says something really long. And she looks at him and goes. Oh yeah, I totally understand. Blah blah blah. And she's like, "You understand me?" And she's like, "Yeah." Why wouldn't you understand? Like, and then it's like the, he sings a whole song like to her, like and it's like it's like he immediately falls in love with her. Yeah. And I like that. Like, she's a very, like aspiring fashion designer, mm-hmm. which is still very like feminine, quote unquote, but like has some agency. And then like mm-hmm. Daisy's such a non character up until this point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I'm suddenly on like a very okay. de- defending Daisy. <laughs> uh, I had a fact about the rain sequence in this one. Mm. It was filmed in 1940 and it was used in the Rite of Spring segment in the original. Yeah. They talk oh, about that's awesome so that it went all the I way forward. I thought that was cool. I think we talked about that, that in Fantasia because have, they've used yeah. that rain in so many in so movies. so many things. So I thought that that was cool that it was used there. We um, forgot slash didn't see Mickey and Minnie uh, sitting at the Ark, but apparently it's after they after the rain stops and all the animals go out on like the deck or whatever mm-hmm. of the Ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's not called the deck. I'm sure it's called something else, but... Why wouldn't it be called the deck? I don't know. Like, I think you're right. I think it's I the right? deck. Okay. Have confidence in your... <laughs> see, we talked about this weekend that I say things that have no basis in fact, but I <laughs> yes, say it with facts. the confidence of yes. someone who knows uh-huh. what they're talking about. I need you... you you're usually right, and you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Get out there. Say it I, again. Say say On the deck. 
when they're out on the deck. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I also, <laughs> this one, I was lighthearted, and I do think I appreciated, like, some of the comical moments. And so I think that's mm-hmm. what I enjoyed about it. But I can understand why that conflicts with you. I think like it felt more like. Like, the woodpeckers pecking the whole, that, I and laughed Donald, out loud like, plugging, yeah, trying cute. to plug that up. Um, I, uh, but I understand I, I, where you were coming from with it. I think it felt like a no, a Merry Melodies. I, or a short yes. that should be on its own versus like within all of and this. And I think yeah. a I segment of that. this that did a better job of feeling like a Merry Melodies but still feeling good was the Carnival of the Animals. I think it's very interesting that even in 2000, 1999, I feel like movies and tv shows nowadays try to be more inclusive they try not to reference like other than like christmas they try not to re- reference like any yes. specific religion or holiday and that's you know holidays so i was just i i'm i've, I've noticed this through a lot of disney movies you know like back in snow white she literally gets down on her hands and knees and prays to god yeah, which yeah, is yeah. great and that's fine and that of course was back way back then but thinking now like you don't have moana getting on her knees and praying to you know what some people there's not a lot God. of christian like, imagery have, and stuff exactly so and yes this was which is i think but... the biggest problem with disney and we should all take a moment and pray <laughs> no sorry go ahead <laughs> oh yeah i was just i just thought it was interesting that they chose something like biblical and very christian and which again is well fine it's and, it's and not am, necessarily it's no. not necessarily christian though because it's old testament so it's also mm-hmm. it's it's judeo-christian so that yeah. i think might have something to do with yeah. why it's like it's rooted more in it's you know the, the mythology and a little bit more of the fable era of of the bible as opposed mm-hmm. to the you know what what some people may think is a strict doctrine you know mm-hmm. or something like that and yeah, in fact some people may believe this is strict doctrine you make a good point because even talking about it now i'm trying to tap dance around certain yeah, things yeah yeah <laughs> exactly. no it is I, like... I was struck with that as well when we first started mm-hmm. watching it i'm glad you mentioned it cuz i kind of forgot that i had had that thought but mm-hmm. yeah that that story was based on something that like is not some it's not a fable it's you know very specific it feels kind of like, like the johnny Appleseed religious one. story yeah when, when we were talking a lot about the johnny Appleseed one was such a like specific christian values yeah um i will say though i the only time i really like thought about anything dealing with this as a religious story was when uh, Donald was talking, was trying to get the animals on the ark and they weren't listening to him. And like mm-hmm. the lightning hit behind them. For some reason, I thought he was gonna be like, thanks, big guy. Yeah. And, like, give like a. <laughs> to, oh, like, yeah. You sky. also liked the fantasy animals, the dragon. They're like oh, fire. sitting on a yeah. hill laughing. Look, look at look, all you these idiots. animals. Like, <laughs> I thought that was a really funny bit. Um, and I think that might be why they put it in here. Because like at this point, I feel like the idea of Noah is such a kid's story. Mm, like in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting when they, you know, when they talk about like I guess quote unquote nudity in anim- animals or in animation, like technically Donald was sunbathing naked on that <laughs> on his hammock. Oh, and Noah yeah. finds him and he's all embarrassed. And then when he gets dressed, it just like so I guess all oh, his right, right. parts are under his chest because like he still is not wearing pants. So like what were you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I posted this on the see? Facebook page where it was like it's like Mickey and Donald shopping and it's a full outfit and. And they go, well, we only have enough money for one. I'll take the pants. You take the shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny. He was like, oh, let me cover up. And then let me get dressed and still completely and show still my have, yeah. Like, so then, I mean, I get the joke and it's just to be silly. But when you when you really think too hard about it. Well, it's like always that thing in cartoons where it's like if you shoot a gun at Superman, he lets the bullets bounce off his chest. But then they throw the gun, the empty gun at him and he always ducks. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, why? Why duck now? <laughs> so, um, thumbs up, thumbs down for this one. 
I, I give it a, th- a sideways. Yeah, like, inside. side. Yeah, There's none okay. of these that like yeah. are complete down for me. Yeah. I guess. yeah, I'm an up only because my kids really enjoy. It. It's got Donald. It's got Daisy. It has animals. Like, yeah. This feels very much for the kids. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Um, the last. Oh, one is the we f- also forgot to talk about when the kind of operatic singing comes in. Oh my goodness, I forgot about that. I just looked down there and was, read my notes. So when we do this podcast, we watch the film together on a, on a Disney Plus group watch, but we put the audio of both the, the the movie and then Madeline through the television so if she wants to chime in we can hear her and, and so versa, yeah. so so you'll we'll be watching a movie and she'll say oh my goodness blah 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 but it's all coming out of the same speaker as whatever so when this woman started singing there was a solid <laughs> two seconds where I went oh my god Madeline like I thought it was her singing and apparently you thought it was and Tara I thought it was Tara for like yeah, a half second and then and I forgot oh yeah that's part of the song yeah yeah I was just like oh like uh, I, that I was a really that. funny moment and for reference funny. I cannot sing that high well, not even she goes, did you notice like, there was a part in even and she has to get really high up there and like either they like really turned down her mic or she just did not sing the up and out like she gets oh, all really? the way to a peak and then yeah. the orchestra plays one more note she's not singing and then she comes back down and i'm like were you just not able to get there i don't know it's interesting it felt very out of place i think that's another contribution uh-huh. to why this was my yeah. least favorite i don't know yeah. um but it is followed by my absolute favorite and the one that if you're only going to watch one from this that would be my suggestion is the Firebird Suite. Mm. It was yeah. It was my favorite. It's introduced by uh Angela, Dame yes, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. Mrs. Potts. Uh yes, Mrs. Potts and, and talks about life, death and renewal. Yes. This, she mentions that in the introduction as well. Roy Disney apparently drove through a while afterward but the Mount St. Helens area. Yeah, this is what this is supposed to depict from and, the explosion in or the excuse me, the eruption in 1980. And he said um wouldn't it be wouldn't it be interesting if we put a like time lapse video of like this. I would love to see a time lapse of this from like the next four hundred years. Is yeah. this, you know, everything grows back, and that's what we see. We see, um, you know, like Mother Nature or some character kind of being nurtured after winter and kind of, or maybe it's spring is the the character. I wrote Mother Nature down, but in the beginning it feels very winter to spring, but then it just yeah. seems like she's revitalizing, every, she's bringing everything to life. So, yeah, I think there are different ways to I interpret that. I think it's spring because it's Stravinsky and he also did Rite of Spring. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, and there That's are lots point. of like very Stravinsky-esque moments in Firebird that are very Rite of Springy. It's just, yeah. I, I, I thought... This one was animated superbly. I liked mm-hmm. the characters, the elk. I liked spring. Yeah. Um, when the mountain erupts and it's the fire. Now, this is supposed to feel like bald, mirror bald mountain because mm-hmm. it's something yes. very dark and then something very light at the end, mm-hmm. like like bald mountain and Ave Maria. It also gave me a little bit of a Sorcerer's Apprentice vibes in certain mm-hmm. moments. You too. know, you know what? Vi- so the firebird is like the eruption, and the firebird was. I have a. I think the firebird is our other villain. Mm. Um, and I love like I really enjoyed when it was like a rock, like when she goes into the volcano, yes. and everything's very still thing. and very quiet, and then it it literally erupts in front of her. That yeah, like was, the eyes and, open up, and like, yeah, the part of Firebird it gets really quiet, and all of a sudden, oh, and it's like surprise. It's, it's just a surprise yeah. moment. And I also th- I also thought, and we'll go into this in the villain ranking. He felt it felt very Don Bluth. Esque, like mm. the the monster looked like it reminded like when its eyes opened it looked like the great owl, the owl from uh-huh. nim yeah. it looked like i think i feel like i it looked it reminded me of the 
mouse thing at the end of the big giant mouse. I don't know what it's called at the end of, and we'll get to it eventually of American tale. And then, um, the, like when they, they go to in, um, all dogs go to heaven, like the devil dog that yeah. like, like it had this very dumb, and it was probably because it's dripping lava. Yeah. yeah. A, a very interesting look. I also liked how the look of spring and the firebird mirrored they, each they other. They mirrored each other. Yeah. Cause yes. she had the same drippiness that it was just either water or the, or the grass and the, or the flowers grass. and the butterflies. Yeah. She was very, mm-hmm. I, I love when she transformed to water when she's like mm-hmm. basically ashes and the elk kind of brings her back. Yeah. And then how she then back into her. Yeah. And then she becomes water. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah, I really enjoyed this. This was lot. by far my favorite. One. Also, yeah, that close so up cool. when it's her whole face and her uh-huh. hair. Yeah. And that was yeah. a really beautiful moment, too. I have. This is very nerdy of me, but for for years, if I could figure out how to make something from this piece like specifically that sprite specifically her you know put, bringing to life the the what i'm going to call a cherry blossom tree like if i could turn that into a tattoo mm. i would totally do it just cuz for me i'm like it it's got it's my passion for music for um like the rebirth idea like the cherry blossoms you know dc area and mm-hmm. like just this all around just being nice to nature like and just loving creatures big and small and i was just like so if i could find a way where that wouldn't take up my whole body <laughs> or it wouldn't just look like one green blob next to one pink blob on my body somewhere i would totally love to get that as a tattoo that's a that's a very str- oh it's disney so it's like disney music rebirth just all yeah my, like all my faves all rolled into one thing um so this well we're almost there anyway because yeah. i feel like this is just it just mm-hmm. ends which is interesting because i feel like Fantasia ends a little better because it just goes, thank you for watching Fantasia. Goodbye. Well, because, and like, you, you watch everybody pack up. You watch the mm-hmm. orchestra pack up. You do original. here, but that's what I'm saying. The original Fantasia, mm-hmm. because they didn't really do closing credits in movies back then, yeah. they just went goodbye and it felt like a good place to do it. This yeah. one replays Carnival of, of, of Animals. And I liked watching the like orchestra get up and like talk to each other and uh-huh. stuff. Like I thought that was very cool, but like you like it's the same song again. Like I don't yeah. know. There's... And it, I, I, I don't know. It didn't feel as, like, you don't have ending Final. credits when you go mm-hmm. to the orchestra, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, lights up on the on the audience, curtains closing. Um, I want to say one more thing about Firebird, if I can, though. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. You, because uh, Tara was saying she got Night on Bald Mountain vibes. Or what, what, there, something else, another vibe you got in a case. Oh, remember. Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sorcerer's Apprentice yeah. vibes, yeah. Well, uh, when actually, he does this and it's the, yeah, like, there's, yeah. Yeah, water. and just, like, her His kind Ned of orchestra. or whatever. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I was getting... And again, this is me just making connections where there aren't any. I was getting big Moana vibes. Yes, yes. From spring. Lava monster yeah, very so. Very like much the mount- so. The green mountain and like it's just I was like. Oh, I had a thought if that played into. I don't know. I, I we've not done any research on Moana, so I don't know if that's based on a, a mm-hmm. tale that exists, a folk tale that exists, yeah. or not. But that that was my thought when I was watching it too. Was mm-hmm. I wonder if they borrowed from this mm-hmm. to that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, so here we are at the end. Uh, oh, wait. Thumbs up for... Thumbs I think up we or all... thumbs down for Firebird. I think we all yes. talk up. about that. Uh, this one's going to be... I mean, let's do our questions. Let's just see if any of the questions really fit. Because I, I I know it's such a weird, different thing. Um, so is our princess still going to be Mickey then in this? I mean, I think Donald is a princess. I think Spring is a princess. Yeah, that's true. Like we've got multiple princesses. The steadfast mm-hmm. tin soldier is a princess. Mm-hmm. So let's let's 
let's get this one down a little bit. Okay. Um, and we may skip some of it. But what was everyone's favorite one? I think mine was Firebird. Their favorite musical number. I feel like Tara, I can't pick one. Um, yep, I'm the same. I know. You both just like looked like I just like... <laughs> It's so hard. Okay, Ask so you a Sophie's math choice. question on Jeopardy so or something. I'll, so what I will say is as an adult, I think I really like Firebird mm-hmm. a lot more. I've always loved that piece of music. Even mm-hmm. in high school, I've really loved that piece. I mean, there is a fantastic French horn solo in it, so that's probably part of it. But Well, we also pointed out at the end there was a spot where it was the French horns and the trumpets seem to be playing together. And I could hear a flute trill in the background. So yes, I think we, it had, was a we were nice all represented. Mar- mm-hmm. Yes, it was, yeah. it was a nice marriage of, of yes. all our interests. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I think as an adult, I'm gravitating towards that one more. Mm-hmm. I also like really enjoy what that is trying to depict and describe. But I think when I originally saw this, it was Rhapsody in Blue and the Flamingo. So mm-hmm. I would say, you know, those were the two I really liked. And I still really enjoyed Rhapsody in Blue because I like the story it told of all of these characters that were down and out in one way or another. And they all like kind of realize their dreams i like Mm -hmm. that through Mm -hmm. line um but yeah i think i'm gonna go with firebird as an adult but those are the other those other two come in a close second for me same with you madeline yes i guess i mean they're they're all great i can just because i'm singing firebird you know sorry now bella's with me um i'm singing rhapsody in blue in my head and but you're right i think with everything animation music theming storytelling um yeah we'll go with with firebird because it's just mm-hmm. it's everything it's all perfect yes the flingos are cute and they're fun and um i love the odd ball out like the odd man out just wins the day and um I, everyone yeah else their comeuppance and the reps yeah they're all great but firebird if i had to pick one long answer shorter firebird. same <laughs> i would like to give a a, a, a like fa- a runner up like to pines of rome I think yes, that one I, was yeah. like a surprise. Even though I like completely didn't add it in mine, I think as an adult, it's one I really, you know, Madeline kind of captured it. I feel like when I watched it, when I first saw it, I didn't really understand it or thought it was kind of out there, but I really appreciated the creativity of it mm-hmm. and how unique and different it was. Uh, do we want to talk about how it holds up? I think there's, mm. it's it's mostly pretty good. Ta- yeah, and we've, We've kind of addressed some of it a I, little bit. I have an issue learning. I thought I, I never really thought about George Gershwin like taking jazz off the streets and into the orchestra hall, and that feels mm-hmm. a little bit like uh, cultural appropriation to me in some ways. But yeah. that seems like the subject of a bigger podcast that we're not yeah. exactly trying to cover right here. So yeah. I think for the most part, these are all good things to show your kids. They might be a little mm-hmm. scared of the Firebird in the last one, but like. Yeah. You know, there's it's it's like the first one. There's things you should show that they might be interested in or not. And I, again, it's since it's so segmented, it's great to Maybe just watch one. Yeah, just watch one of them yeah. or watch but two also, of them. It's so much shorter than the other one. You could watch this one in one sitting. Like fast forward through the adult speaking. Um, not Steve Martin. The younger kids. <laughs> Steve Martin's great. Um, but uh, your your young child should learn about Steve Martin early. It's true. <laughs> Um, let's do some villains. All right. So, so fr- Levine first? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. All I fives. like that a lot. Um, <laughs> Go so away well, I guess he's five. not funny. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> let's start with the uh, Jack in the Box. Okay. Uh, frightening. I'm going to give him like... 
between a three or a four. The way really he, because he's like creep. Maybe frightening, isn't it? But he's no, like, no, no. I again, I don't want to talk you out of a score. That's okay. Real, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak up for you here. He's got a creep factor. Like, he's got um, like a real creep factor. He like he does. like is peering at her and like almost. Like he's, he's objectifying creepy. her, yeah. I I I don't know that objectifying is right, but he. Just, oh, he's objectifying her. Yeah. I mean, she is literally an object because she well, is a toy. Yes. However. <laughs> but um. But yeah, no, I'm between a three and a four for okay. him. Which do you want to do? I would like to hear your answers. Mine is a two. I didn't think he was oh. very scary. I think he's he looked kind of creepy, but that's about it. Didn't really do too much for me. Um, what do you think, Madeline? I'll do a three also for, for all those reasons. But yeah, there are certain times when the lighting on him was like the, yeah. the fire lighting kind of like lit up his face and made him a little more menacing. But yeah, he's a, he's a huge creep, slime ball, scumbag. Ugh. Yeah, I'll give him a three. Okay. Um, funny. No. One, One no. for me. One. One's across the board. This might be some real quick villain ranking today. Uh, fierce. One. One. Agreed. He does look like Farquaad a little bit, <laughs> which is interesting because Farquaad is based off of Michael Eisner. So yes, but I guess I guess that's uh, effective. One, he doesn't really. I mean, he's the one who winds up getting destroyed. I mean, he gets her for a little he, while, so he maybe he's a two because he got rid of the soldier for a while. So yeah, two. I guess that's true. I'll give him a, out the window somehow. Yes, he, I'll, right, give, yeah, him I'll give him a two. But and he does th- capture the ballerina in a little little. That is a thingy. generous two, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So two's across the board. Uh, design, he just looked like a jack-in-the-box to me. I'm almost thinking like Well, I two. read that it was really difficult for them to find real-life jack-in-the-box at this time because they hmm. don't really exist anymore. So like they were trying to like base him off I guess of... eBay wasn't big then. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like i read a fact about that it's not one i wrote down so i might not have that exactly right but um his design was fine i there was nothing i'll I'm give him a solid two i'll yeah, give him a two impressive. yeah it wasn't like awful just he was just there i'm gonna stick to a one i'm gonna say he looks right. he wasn't very interesting uh go away heat i'll give him uh, a two or uh, a three. Oh, oh. A three or four because he's such a creep madeline yeah. a four from you yeah, I was almost going to do five, but I was like, no, not that intense. But yeah, four. Like, he's a creep. He's just like... Yeah, I'm giving him a four, too. You're giving him a four push, as well? He's pushing mm-hmm. himself on the ballerina. She clearly says no, but he's like, no, just kidding. You want this? And she's like, no, I don't. Please leave Yeah, me he's so really he needs to, he needs to go away. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to give him a three uh, because I I like uh, the idea of, of, of objectifying women. Cool. No, I don't cool, know. Cool, 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 cool. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just, after you guys go, oh, he does this and he's a creep, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be like, well, mine's still lower than you because I don't want to sound yeah, like yeah, a yeah, yeah, hashtag yeah. not all jackbox, jack in the boxes type <laughs> jerk. <laughs> like, I, like, listen, and I just it it didn't get to me like it did probably yeah. because of my male privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, factor he had one with one. me. Oh, like, one. I'd give him only a zero because we don't have I a did. zero. Yeah. Um, uh, average with guess he has a thirteen. Ooh, let me scroll all the way to the hmm. bottom. No, he is tied with the Gogans from. Oh, <laughs> he's the that's dragon. Good. He can he can be down there. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, all right, so up next is the Firebird. Um, I want to start off by saying, like, the Firebird is kind of, while not my favorite villain, and nor would I ever say that, like, I was shocked how much I enjoyed this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and go with Frightening for the Firebird. Four. Yeah, I'm, I'm up there, too. I think also because of how intensely 
he come you know our the first eye, meeting yeah, the of eyes him popping open yeah is a very like startling moment and then he destroys the world and eats the little sprite and yeah it's pretty scary. lava lava's terrifying yeah i agree i think a four is a perfect thing because to me it felt like he'd be scarier if i was a kid but mm-hmm. like then wasn't you know yeah i think four is a good one funny yeah. no a one. one across the board i wasn't like <laughs> he's burning that forest um <laughs> uh fierce so I think he does have a fierce quality, right? To like him. So he's got drama kind of... with the uh, with the lava and the arms dripping. Yeah, and, and yeah. the way he like kind of he because he's very similar to her. She's got mm-hmm. that quality as well because of the way that she's very commanding. He's mm-hmm. very commanding in his moment as well. I don't want to give him too much because I think it's more of a primal thing than anything else. Than like yeah. A, like, but I think he should. A, I think he. Deserves... What did I say last night, Sissy? That walk because yes, you're watching Drag Queen watching All Stars. Drag Race. <laughs> uh, um, I I so think like I'm gonna give him a two. I was between mm. a two and a three, but I think I'll I'm give him a two because I was gonna give him a four, and then Ryan talked me down. So <laughs> I three. again, I will give no, him a two as right. well. Like, but it's I just it's yeah. I'll go with three though. I think he's uh, effective. I mean, he, he destroyed destroyed the everything. And the sprite, kind of almost, you know. Yeah. Do we want to wanna give him a five? Because I'm worried this guy's going to be ranked way too high. <laughs> well, that's not why you should rank somebody. I, I, okay, yeah. so I think he he's effective. He was successful. Yes. He's a five, I think, in the way we rank villains in the past. Correct. I think he's a Correct. five. He's more effective than Chernabog. Chernabog yeah. doesn't get the town destroyed or anything. No. Um, design... I think he's a five. four or five. Yeah, I really like I mean, I his design just, a lot. Just lava, but it's just so cool. So maybe I won't go as high as five. I'll do a four because there's not much to him, but like reds and yellows and blacks. and But it's four because, yeah, it's really, really cool. Well, and again, the movement. The movement of him, the movement of like mm-hmm. how it. I it's, think he's a It's five. the same with her. It's go the same with her. It, yeah. yeah. I think they I'm, mirror each other's movements a lot. I'm going to give him a yeah. four. I think but. I'm going to give him a five because I think the idea of him, again, mirroring someone else. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. this, And part of it is the, the segment. The segment is so well thought out. Yes. Um, Go Away Heat is a one for me. Agreed. Agreed, yeah. Like, I, he didn't do anything objectionable. He was cool. Now, I mean, yes he destroyed factor. everything, but we see everything come back to life, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as like final yes factor uh, because i do yes factor based on this viewing okay i knew nothing about the firebird so you weren't like super pumped for it but as soon as i did see him i was like i really like this character so i'm gonna give him a two he gets Mm. a little bit of a bump up for me (laughs) simply because i think one you know part of yes factor to me is going into this how excited i was but the other part is what did you establish once you got there Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give him a two do you want to give him a little bit of a yes factor? Because I know you like the Firebird suite. I don't know why I'm campaigning hard for the yeah, Firebird. That's fine. Uh, well, I no. Mean, I mean, yes, but that's the music. Everything. Yeah, and yes, he destroys everything. But I, I liked him. I'm going to give him, I was going to give him like a four. And again, Ryan's low ball. Don't let, me listen, whatever you want to do. I know, Ryan, it's three. funny. So I came into this wanting to be like, Tara, don't let Ryan discourage you from your votes. It happens yeah. almost every episode and I don't like it. But now here I am <laughs> letting Ryan yeah. talk me down on okay. my votes. Ryan, okay, but- stop it. Uh, here's the thing a if only i was convincing in something that mattered in life you know like if i could like you know be a politician or like a lawyer or something no it's like your honor uh the firebird deserves a much higher score yeah. i don't know why he suddenly Where became a, right now. Uh, uh-huh. identical license plate <laughs> uh, 
identical. <laughs> yeah, sound like the the lawyer and my in cousin my Vinny. cousin Vinny. Um, <laughs> so you're gonna give him a three, Madeline? Do you want to give, give him a four? Give go, him a four. I like it. I, I'm gonna go for a four. Do go it for it. And I want to do want to point out to our guests. My second point I wanted to make my to Madeline and to any of our listeners out there. <laughs> I am a big proponent for. I am explaining why I am voting a certain yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I am yeah. not trying. No, I'm I'm, well, um, I am. He's a not, man who is explaining, and I, I am not trying to change anyone's vote. Yes, no, I, I appreciate it. And, and through these conversations, I'm like, yeah, okay. He's 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 reason. He's making more reasonable, or he's rationalizing. Like, like I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go for it, all fives. And I'm like, nope. Okay, this makes more sense. He's bringing up a lot of good points. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't go into this. You know, guns ablaze and like, so. <laughs> that being it. said, Tara. I'm going to go with a two. Okay. Oh, well, because again, I think this one, I came out of this one, like now if I was to rewatch it again, I'd have a high yes factor. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think same. going into it, I wasn't, at, like I love the, the piece of music, but I didn't really quite remember it as well. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I came away from it really enjoying it. So the Firebird has a 19.5. Where is he? I don't know. A higher Is he than... above King John? Oh, maybe. <laughs> gonna really... I don't think he is, is he? He might be. Oh my gosh, I think. Yeah. He's oh my gosh! He's tied with Chertabog. Ah, that is amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's so good. I I can't think of anything better than like for ending, them to be tied. Ending yes, on on that, I yeah. that's wonderful. But we do have the one last question, which is, do we get a clamshell edition of this on the, you know, add it to the to the to the. I've said this seventy times. I don't know why I'm having a hard time with this. We get a clamshell edition of the V of the VHS on our on shelf. Top shelf. Or do we lock it away in the vault forever? And or put it in a drawer. I have a con- well. I have a controversial opinion. Oh no! This may be the first one that I'm like. I really wish I had a drawer. See, because See? <laughs> thank because you for finally coming around to the drawer. I don't think it. I, I like. I was like, you know, it's it, and it's hard because this one is, you know, a sequel of sorts. It's not a sequel because yeah. there's not a a through, a, a line. through line of mm-hmm. a narrative, but it's. A you know it's 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 a follow up to what I consider a gorgeous work of fine almost as close to fine art as you can get with with animation depending on your things like fine art to me is so like it has to be around for three hundred years yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean like it's 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 art it's modern in that it's the twentieth century art mm-hmm. it that's Fantasia this is not this is this feels commercial this feels like it's from 1999 in the same way not quite as, as different like the difference between Woodstock and Woodstock 99 yeah. like it's like I see what you're trying to do here and it will be remembered but you know but for different things yes too. but I, I I so so for me because I am steadfast I will be locking this in the vault. Wow, because you won't you won't create a drawer. Nope, well, no drawer. I have a drawer, but uh, <laughs> I I mine Tara's, goes on Tara's the, drawer of misfit films. Yes, mine goes on the <laughs> shelf. I think. I think I I think it's a great way to bring classical music to children. So that alone for me, I know, I know you're. I, I you're, feel. But, like I'm. It's already in the vault. I can't do anything yeah, about it. Once it's in there, it, it never but comes out. I, I do think, and you know, as we talked about, it's much shorter. Than the original, so I think there are some pluses for that, depending on like why you're showing the film, and 
For me, I also want to hear Mickey's commentary, so I kind of want to get it and put it on my <laughs> shelf so I can listen to Mickey and Roy That's do the awesome. commentary. Uh, but yeah, I think for me, this holds a place on the shelf. Madeline? Agreed, it's on my shelf. You know, I just, I can't, it can't not be. But my shelf yeah. is also like an entire wall of things. So it would have to be, it has to be really, really, really bad for me not to like it and not to put it on the shelf. So it's on my shelf. Madeline, thank you so much for oh, being on our show. I'm, this was so much fun. Yeah, this worked Clearly out this so wonderfully. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> uh, Married, kids, whatever. I was on Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. This is <laughs> yeah. going, in, going in Dozens of people heard me. <laughs> um, so we always ask our guests to plug something, whether mm-hmm. it's a personal project, a piece of media you've been enjoying lately, or just a general sentiment you want to put out there in the world. Please, Madeline, feel free to plug away. Well, for the maybe one or zero listeners that live in Manassas, Virginia, if you play the flute, so again, even lower audience, (laughs) come look me up. Manassas Flute Academy. I've got lessons. But since that applies to zero people, um, just be nice. It's not that hard to be nice to people. Just be a nice person. Do nice things. You know, like Thumper says, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Like, just be good people. It's not that hard. (laughs) I believe our next film is Dinosaur, so we will have oh, it a is? returning wow. guest. Yes, a movie that actually came out in the year 2000. <laughs> um, so we'll be checking that with Marjorie. But uh, until then, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at trpdiaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. (laughs) 